have snuck into an empty building through a basement window. You were going to play doctor. He showed you his. When it got to be your turn, you chickened and ran. Philip K. Dick has had his novels turned into several popular movies, but none as popular as Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, the 1968 novel which was adapted loosely into Blade Runner in 1982. In Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, Philip K. Dick turned a hard-boiled detective story into a futuristic sci-fi novel that raised questions about artificial intelligence, human intelligence, and basic morality in a world where both exist. Since the androids are the servants, generally involuntarily, of human beings, this raises basic questions about freedom and slavery. Do Android's dream of electric sheep takes place in a future dystopia polluted by a nuclear war and where most life is unsustainable. This means other planets have to be colonized and animals are increasingly rare and expensive. In fact, they're a symbol of status. The androids are manufactured on Mars. However, they rebel and six of the new Nexus model escape to Earth. You look down and you see a tortoise, Leon. It's crawling towards tortoise? you. Tortoise? What's that? You know what a turtle is? Of course. Same thing. Rick Deckard, a bounty hunter who works for the San Francisco Police Department, is sent to retire or kill the six androids hiding among the people of Earth. The novel, although far overshadowed by the future film adaptation, is one of the cornerstone texts of the new sci-fi movement, as well as what would become cyberpunk. Blade Runner, inspired by a classic Philip K. Dick novel, is a new challenge for Scott, in which he creates a unique vision of a possible future society. Its technology its people, and those who control them. Blade Runner is a kind of slang terminology for a bounty hunter, or an officially, an official exterminator, bureaucrat, bureaucratic exterminator. Blade Runner was directed by Ridley Scott, fresh off of directing Alien in 1979. Two versions of the screenplay had existed by the time Ridley Scott, who had just quit Dune, got involved. The first version by Robert Jaffe, the producer Herb Jaffe's son, had turned Philip K. Dick off enough that it was scrapped. The second version by Hampton Fancher was focused more on the environmental side of the novel rather than questions of humanity, and Ridley Scott wanted that rewritten. He hired David Peoples to rewrite the script, which caused Fancher to quit, although he eventually came back to rewrite parts of Peoples' script. At this point, Philip K. Dick got concerned that he wasn't part of that process or even informed about the project. However, after reading the screenplay and seeing a special effects reel, he was satisfied. From there, Casting became a bit of a mess. Dustin Hoffman was approached and then backed out of playing Deckard. Everyone from Gene Hackman to Arnold, to Peter Falk to Clint Eastwood were considered. However, after seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars, Ridley Scott decided to cast Harrison Ford. There was a bit of contest between Ridley and I over whether or not Deckard, the character I played, was a, was a replicant or not. And uh, um, Ridley uh, preserved his options. Um, and he did at the end indicate uh, uh, with one little uh, bit of origami uh, that uh, that Descartes may in fact be a replicant. For myself, I, I, I felt that it was important for the audience to have a, a human representation on, uh, on screen that they could identify with. It would end up tangling as production got underway, including over the impromptu voiceover narrations. Rutger Hauer was cast as the lead android Roy Batty because of his collaboration with Verhoeven. Cover your right eye, please. E. O. D. Your other eye, please. E. 
Other actors in Blade Runner include Edward James Almost as Gaff, who would help create the city speak language he speaks, M. Emmett Walsh, Joe Turkle as Dr. Terrell, Sean Young as Rachel, and Joanna Cassidy as Zora. Many of the special effects in Blade Runner were developed in the filming of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was one of the best practical effects movies of the time, with everything from miniatures to matte paintings, motion-controlled cameras, and reshoots with layered lighting. It does a particular thing. It actually flies. Lifts off the ground, lots of dust. This is the uh, interior spinner set. Uh, when we shoot the exterior of the spinner, none of this interior exists. Uh, this is strictly a set constructed for interior shooting of all of the readouts and all the detail on the exterior vehicles that you see driving around in the streets. None of this detail of interior is here. And one of the problems we have today is that on screens like this, where there will be readouts of movies, digital displays, uh, maps, etc., for, for maneuvering the vehicle, uh, it was just impossible because of the design of the vehicle to put in rear projection or live video screens or have one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, 12 or 13 screens of information going on simultaneously. So, what we've done is we've just lit these screens with white light from inside. Blade Runner is famous for having seven different cuts, including a work print sneak preview, theatrical, director's, final, and broadcast. She's a replicant, isn't she? I'm impressed. How many questions does it usually take to spot one? I don't get it, Tyrell. How many questions? 20, 30, cross-referenced. It took more than 100 for Rachel, didn't it? The central theme of the movie is the overwhelming power of the biomedical industry on androids called replicants and society at large. Tyrell Industries, controlled by Dr. Tyrell, dishonest about its intentions and really faces no consequences despite the replicants having escaped and needing a police force to track and retire them. There's still no consequences for the fact that Dr. Terrell is secretly developing an even harder to track replicants who don't know they're replicants. We've already tried it. Ethyl methane sulfonate is an alkylating agent and a potent mutagen. It created a virus so lethal the subject was dead before he left the table. As a cautionary tale about extreme corporate power, it fits in with the 1980s and the overall profit-over-everything ethos. Dr. Terrell even flat-out states, commerce is our goal here. Commerce is our goal here at Tyrell. More human than human is our motto. There are profound moral questions raised by Blade Runner, which only get more prescient as AI becomes a central technology now. What is a human being, really, as opposed to being a replicant? The thing separating them is a lack of emotion programmed into the replicants. However, it is theorized that over time, as the replicants get more advanced, they will develop their own feelings. An answer, according to Dr. Terrell, is possibly to implant memories, which trick replicants into believing they're humans, so they'll act like a human. But then what separates them from a human? Implants. Those aren't your memories. They're somebody else's. They're Tyrell's nieces. Blade Runner takes place in 2019, which prompted a round of what did Blade Runner get right journalism in 2019? Many things are prescient, including the style of futuristic but familiar policing. Have you ever retired a human by mistake? No. However, the last thing I'd like to bring up is that one of the last big changes that the Philip K. Dick novel and movie have is the Earth itself, which instead of being the result of a nuclear blast, seems to be the result of climate catastrophe. This makes sense as the book, written in 1968 at the height of the Cold War, examined the Soviet-U.S. global relationship after the bombs. But by 1982, climate and the environment was in much more danger. In 2023, Blade Runner feels just as timely as ever, and I'm excited to talk about it.
All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Moving That Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bratonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. And it's Conan's birthday tonight. Happy birthday, Conan. Jay and your world illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks. This Barbie is streaming on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics. Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Bonnie Burton is a former social media strategist for Lucasfilm and senior editor at StarWars.com. is a writer, journalist, author, and podcaster on the night shift with Jenna Hayes and Renee Ruin. I, of course, am your host, Forrest Miller, who is also a replicant. Or am I? Am I human? Am I a replicant? Watch to find out. <laughs> Gonna keep you in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I don't even know myself. I mean, exactly. Are these, are these false memories? How's your origami game? That's what I <laughs> well, her false memories were like, yo, my brother showed me his dick in a barn. So, like, who knows? You know, like, the, the memories could be anything. Can we talk about that quote? Because I for, I always forget that quote's in there, and I'm like, wait, that's a really creepy. That's a really creepy thing. To Why say. that memory? Why that one? Why is I and mean, clearly you're, you have to choose. All, like of all the memories, of all the memories he could have chosen, he chose that one. And yeah, also, like, also extreme so, trauma. Uh, yeah. I, w- I want to know how she got like which like did did he sit down with his niece and go look just tell tell me five things about you and she's like one time. My brother yeah. uh, took out his dick That's in a barn, crazy. and I was supposed to show, you know, my my crotch, but I didn't, and I ran. And he's like, like why perfect. Spiders that I in. get. Spiders I get, because that's <laughs> kind of goth and fun. But, like, possible molestation from your brother, <laughs> I don't know if that's something I would want to pass on to, an, to a, you know, an android or to pass on in general or to tell a stranger or to share with my Uncle, it just ugh. anyway. Sorry. Well, we're off to a bang and start. Um, welcome back, Bonnie. It's been a bit. It's good to have you. Uh, you're already regretting it. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I could, I could see because he's such a creepy guy. I could see you sitting there and be like, "So, is there any like date rape in your past or anything that we can?" Yeah, like I would see what my like... memory, what memory I would have, and I'd be like <laughs> giving a hug to George R. R. Martin at Comic Con and you know going to my first lo- golf concert and maybe I think Andy has a memory of that. Kissing a girl for the first time. Not not that stuff. Not whatever. Anyway. Well, let me be the first to thank uh, Flavor Flav uh, for wishing me a happy birthday. Uh, it's, it's, it's much much appreciated. I wish I was doing more cold lamp than I was today. Unfortunately, I'm not. 
but I'm cold lamping on this show. And I, I Happy birthday! Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna have a show that uh I I started to put together. That's you know you're gonna be lamping harder than that. I'm cold lamping and I vote. <laughs> <laughs> Is you're a one issue voter? More cold lamping. <laughs> more cold. Oh. Answer. We must ask ourselves if we want more or less cold lamping. Wait, is lamping, isn't that just going out at night and shooting rabbits, or is this something else? No, it's like relaxing. Oh. It's like cold lamping with Flav. What are you talking about? Yeah, lamping in England. Shooting rabbits? What are you... Yeah. (laughs) That moment was brought to you by Watership Down. (laughs) Christina, how are you doing? Good to see you. I haven't slept in 36 hours. Fantastic. Yay. <laughs> so if I seem less talkative, I'm saving all my energy to react to the Barbenheimer interview for later. All right. There you go. Priorities, people. We can we can watch some of the Barbenheimer interview in uh nope. big clips. Wait until after I stream. Consummate professional. Christina. I haven't seen anything about it, so I'm keeping it in suspense. What, what what do you think is going like what you're like, don't give me any spoilers. <laughs> what do you think could possibly be there to spoil? They're like they're like the Guess interview what? itself, Forrest. We're having a kid. They're going to Mars. They did the Buffalo <laughs> 66. She's like, they did the Buffalo 66. She's like, I'm pregnant in the middle of the. Wait, did we stop talking about Blade Runner? Because now I'm lost. We certainly did. Yes. Yeah. I, this is uh, so. Look. So first of all, let's just mention that as the premise keeper, I'll mention that this is the first. Uh, oh, awesome. We have a we have a birthday super chat. Happy birthday, Conan. People told you you're a dead ringer for the violinist soloist Joshua Bell. Anyway, I no. hope you have a good one. Cheers. I actually don't know who that is, but now I'm very curious. Uh, this is movie night automata, automata, which is to say not automatopoeia. This is uh, all AI and robot month, and we're kicking it off with, frankly, I think the best one of all time and one of my favorite movies of all time, MFN Blade Runner. That's right, people. And if and if you don't like it, pound sand. Joshua Bell. Oh, okay. Oh, I was gonna say. What what I, what I was so and I hate to say hate to be vain about this like what if this guy's ugly? He mixed you with uh, one of those comedians that that one kind of awkward comedian that like uh, has that yeah. I can't even think of the guy's name. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this guy's he's, he's well dressed, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, so we're doing the thing where we're kicking it off with the best one, and uh, it's Blade Runner, and. I I want to kick this uh, off. I mean, we're 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 back ending because two thousand one. Oh, two thousand one's okay. Yeah, that that one's okay too. Uh, <laughs> Why are we I, ending with it then? If it's just okay. Really? Are we doing this on air right now? I thought you <laughs> they were redacting yourself for uh, for lack of sleep. Anyway, we're closing the year off with a close with two thousand one. So that's a fantastic one as well. I think this is the rare example as a huge. And I mean huge Philip K. Dick fan, one of my favorite authors. This is the rare time I think the movie is better than the book. Yeah. And it, and it's one of the reasons why is because it's what they take out. Because there's a lot of amazing stuff into Andrew's Dream of Electric Sheep, but it's almost like too much. And I think that's a problem with Philip K. Dick adaptations uh, <laughs> in general. Uh, so that's that's my thesis statement for this as far as in relation to the book, which is that I love the book. It's one of my favorite books of all time. I think Blade Runner's better as a movie. Bonnie, I finished you... the book last night. Just got wow. it under the wire. Bonnie, how do you feel about that? I know you're a big fan as well. Oh, yeah. I uh, This is my all-time favorite movie, sci-fi movie across the board. And I worked at Lucasfilm for a decade. And I would always say that people are like, what about Star Wars? I'm like, I'm not saying Star Wars sucks. I'm just saying I like Blade Runner better. And well, at least yeah. it's still Harrison Ford. Like, it's, not like you're, it's not like you're going way off the reservation here. Well, I mean, 
I mean, there's bad there's bad Harrison Ford movies. Yeah, break into, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I always like this movie a lot. It's I have every every version, and I watch every version uh, every year, and. Um, I probably have memorized it. I probably do it in my sleep. I used to watch it right before bed as like a decompression uh, method to just like relax. And um, yeah, no, I love this movie. I love Sean Young. I love every, I love the casting. I love the, obviously the visuals, obviously the cinematography is gorgeous. The music, the soundtrack is still one of my favorite. Oh my God. Movies. Like all timer, right? I mean, yeah, it's so it's, good. It's so good. And you know, it's, it's also one of those movies that I think that, you know, if you, if you and we got up, a really great car design out of it. Yeah. And if you grew up watching it, <laughs> here's the thing too, though, I will say there are some star Wars Easter eggs in it. So, right. hopefully, yeah. you know, some of you noticed those, but I, well, I he love cast, this movie. He cast Harrison Ford based on uh, both star Wars and Indiana Jones, right? He was telling Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ridley Scott, yeah. and was like, that's our Rick Deckard. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure of the casting lore behind this, but I do know that, you know, it's one of those movies that is kind of a perfect storm of the best people you could possibly get for a movie like this. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that is the universe giving us a high five or not, but I do know that this is my favorite Sean Young movie. She's so uh, good in this, yeah. My favorite Rooker Hauer movie. Harrison Ford movie, my yeah. Edgar James Olmos. How great is Edward James almost? I, I actually forgot. I was like, God, his character is so badass. You know, can I tell you he a made, quick, he funny, made up the language. A quick funny story about him? Um, sure. I was uh, my first uh, Comic Con that I ever took my parents to was Denver Comic Con, and this is this is not that long ago. It was pretty recent, but it's before COVID. But it was you know pretty recent. And I remember uh, I wanted to stand in line. I wanted to show my parents, look, there's famous actors here signing stuff. And he was there. I will, as a side note, I will say, uh, my dad was like, why does the Priceline guy have such a long line? I was like, that's William Shatner. The price, the <laughs> price, AKA the Priceline guy. Yeah, and also when I asked him, wow. when I told him, like, <laughs> I, I explained what cosplay was, and he pointed at a security guard. And he's like, that, is that law and order cosplay? My dad rocks. So anyway. We stood in line for Edward James almost, and I was like, I want, I wanted a Blade Runner, you know, signature because you know they have their headshots yeah. of their yeah. most famous movies. And my stepmom, I think, was like, Oh, you don't have the one I want you to sign. And he's like, What? What was that? And he's like, She's like, I can't remember the movie, but you were an inspirational teacher. And I was just like, Oh God. Yeah. And so it was like, I think it was one of those like inner city chess club kind of movies. And then my dad like. uh, the Beanfield Wars that he was in, the Milagro Beanfield War, and he was so Mike. You know, it's just fun because he's one of those actors who's done so many different kinds of roles that I, some people just kind of think of Blade Runner or, or Adama, Battlestar Galactica. He's so iconic in that role. They don't yeah. remember, you know, a lot of these people are character actors, and I think this is a good example. This Blade Runner movie has a lot of good character actors. So also, just, he's younger. I wouldn't say young, but he's younger. <laughs> He's like one of those guys like Dean Stockwell, those kind of born old. Just I think everyone's younger yeah. in the eighties. I think that's technically correct. <laughs> yeah, he's Same younger. And then and then everyone's older by the end of the eighties because oh, you know. well, well, that's just the eighties. Um, <laughs> so so some of the people that were uh, going to be cast instead of uh, Harrison no, Ford. Give us Dustin, oh my God, Dustin okay. Hoffman was in talks for a long time. As what? Uh, as, what? as Deckard? Yeah, this is all for Deckard. Uh, oh, okay. Dean Hackman, Sean Connery. Whoa, Jack whoa Gene Hackman is Deckard. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's slow down. <laughs> can, can, can you just see that? Him going like, were you picking your toes? He's like, so were you picking your feet on Mars? Were you picking your feet on Mars? I mean, he's a great actor, but like, that's a to okay. All right, so so, so for, okay, so let's go back to Dustin Hoffman first of all. Great actor, at, at, really at like peak of his power, but that's a different movie. That's not I just a different role. I don't Dustin see him Hoffman. in that genre at all. And also, this is the '80s version of all of these. Right, yeah. right, and well, Gene Hackman, like we've talked when we did, talked about uh, what is the conversation? I mean, he was like peak of the peak of his game around that time he's a great actor i'm not yeah. discounting the man's actor. ability but he also was he already was balding yeah <laughs> at that point he was already balding you know what i mean so it's like it's so that deckard is maybe a little closer to the and uh, a little bit closer to the do androids dream of electric sheep deckard in is the friend of own version uh yabba dabba blade, <laughs> dabba blade well, we're not doing that on this the, my most oh, favorite oh, of days my birthday no way. all right so so what, what so were the, the other ones so, okay so gene hackman sean connery insane movie. i'm not i'm not scottish i'm a blade runner it's okay to, to slap I mean, a, to slap a female android. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against Sean Connery and and Sean Young making out. Well, could, especially I that see, era. But, I could see. Yeah. Well, I could see Gene Hackman <laughs> playing Sean the. Uh, She's the, a replicant, the, isn't she? The MM at Emery, <laughs> the MM at Emery role or whatever. Like I could see Gene Hackman playing like the the hard boiled boss or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Bryant or whatever. Yeah. Detective. Head detective. So, so Sean Connery, Jack Nicholson. Ja oh. Wow, for real? Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Th I think these are. Huh. I think these are. I think these are like studio notes. So I don't know how you know how in depth yeah. any of this conversation. Like got. I mean, Jack yeah. Nicholson's probably the one I that like doesn't change this fundamentally. Uh, I mean, okay. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Oh, that's hot. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But he's, he's okay. kind of older in the '80s than like Harrison I'm Ford. Fair, he was still hot then. Yeah, he okay. was. Clint Eastwood. Oh, God, oh come no. on! No. Go, buddy. Make my day. Tommy Lee Jones, same kind of. Oh, it's Clint Eastwood. I think. Yeah, I could see him again playing that Bryant character, though. He, he could be. He could be, he could be interesting, though. Like, instead like, of Edward, Edward James, almost you Tommy Lee Jones. I could see that. There's there's one person on this list that I think is amazing, and I'm almost okay. to them. Right. Okay, but this isn't them. This, this Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. Which would be fun. I mean, <laughs> but it's I, a different movie. Total, the thing is, it's like like in the he early did a really 80s, good job in uh, in Total Recall and. Sure. And that's another Philip K. Dick, you know, like. Uh, yeah, but this is also 1982, like like a almost a decade before that, uh, and like. Terminator's 85, is that right? Uh, 84, I think, and but like uh, Conan the uh, the Barbarian mm. is like uh, the same. I'm not year. familiar. What's that movie? Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but that that was kind of his first, you know, th that was like his first actual starring role of a good movie. Like like yeah, I'm not going to count the villain or Hercules in New York. Um. Not being in like the long goodbye as like a, a henchman and yeah. uncredited. <laughs> but but like like uh he was one of those yes, guys yeah. like you know who that the studio really wanted. It was hard, it was hard to catch him for a second when I watched it. I watched the long goodbye for the first time this year. <laughs> oh, it's pretty noticeable, especially when they screw yeah. down. But anyway, but like oh well yeah. yeah, but I mean like at first I was like, Where is he gonna be? Where is he gonna be? In the final scene when they strip down, yeah. But like at first they were like flipping past him or whatever, and I was like, Is that Arnold is that Arnold? Is he Speaking of Arnold, Andy, finish up your Arnold material so we can get. The, yeah, the I, I was just going to say he was also up for the role of Superman in 1978. So like, like huh. he was uh, on the minds of people. Yeah, it would have been terrible. <laughs> a a, a uh, Dutch, right? Is he Dutch? Right? Is it, uh, Austrian. Uh, Austrian. Uh, sorry. 
I an Austrian Superman. I, I think hey, I think I've heard that movie already. <laughs> 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 okay, all right. So Forrest, what's the one you want to lay on? Please us? continue, Forrest. Peter Falk. As what? Peter Falk Columbo? as Deckard? Yeah. Columbo as Deckard? Shut the front door. Really? Oh my God. Okay, now, now I totally do. Ford Cop test would now. just be like, one more thing, one more All thing. Right, it's got one more thing I need to ask you. <laughs> that tortoise. That's <laughs> like, hot. Like, he, 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 leaves, he leaves the room and he's like, I got to ask you one more question. Yeah. yeah. She, like, she like fails the test and he's like, I knew it. She's a replicant. She's my a test, replicant. My test never fails. <laughs> I want that is a to, that's not bad, to... but that's a different movie. And I'm gonna go back to the fact that that's gonna that would make the character more like the book, where he's yeah. a little like a little I was, more. I was kind gonna of say the whole and beaten down. The whole sequence where they fuck with him in the book, and uh, they try to make him feel like his uh, white comp test didn't work, right? Like his empathy yeah, test. Yeah. And they fuck with him, and then he comes back and he does that one last question. He's like, one more thing, and he asks her. Like Rachel, one last question. Say the line, Falk. And then, and then he's like, "See, my test never fails." I can see Peter Falk just chewing up the scenery that entire. Oh sure, no, he would be great, yeah, yeah. but it's just it's 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 not Harrison Ford in his prime, like yeah. ruling I mean, the game. So it's different. It's gonna be different. So is it just? Do we have all castings for like all right, Chris so, or Rachel or? I'm, I'm... Yeah, no, so so um. Yeah, I don't think that there are really other... By the way, I was low-key hoping for some Pris makeup with Christina, but I know she's very Same. busy, so it's... Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte for... What? Oh, my God, like seriously? For Deckard? Are we still on Deckard? Okay. Yeah. Al Pacino. Who? Who are? Al Pacino. Blade Runner starring Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> Is this real studio now? I mean... Are these real studio notes? This is crazy. Like last one is Burt Reynolds. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's what motivated him to Zardos. He's doing his classy thing where he chews gum while he's giving the fucking white contest. He's like, oh uh, yeah. Um do you uh so how would you feel if you if you saw a dog? Uh, I would only watch Burt Reynolds is like too cool for this <laughs> okay, role. Okay, let's time. back up. I would only watch that if like Rooker Howard's character was replaced by Dom DeLuise. Then I would. <laughs> Let's just do Cannibal Run with androids. Cannibal Run with androids. That's all I want now. So, so is just yeah, yeah, was, uh, Edward James almost with the cop that's chasing after them. So yeah. was Sean Young and, and Daryl Hannah just always that's always who it was going to be, or were, were they all? Oh, cast so Daryl Hannah, uh, Stacy Nelkin. Daryl Hannah fought for that role though. Like she Good for her, she's great in Pris. it. She dressed as Pris, like as you see in the movie, for the yeah. audition to get it. So she fought for that and she got it and she deserves it. So I don't I don't want to talk. I don't and, even hear who else was considered because it's just gonna be Daryl Hannah from here. Stacey on Nelkin is like she was in Halloween three. She was in season De- three. Debbie Harry was the other one. Get Debbie Harry was out. Wait, what, for what? Pris? For Pris. Ooh. Okay. I'm, I'm no, no, <laughs> I would not have been mad at that. But... Yeah, I would not be mad at all. Mm. Huh. Okay. So Dom DeLuise, Debbie Harry. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> do it. But what, so it. Rachel was always Sean Young, though? Sean Young was just like. Yeah, yeah it's, it seems like. I mean, she's great. She of, should be, but. They were looking for like a, a lesser known actress. And I don't they, think she did she's so good. Out. I mean, like. 
that role could have been a nothing role. You know what yeah. I mean? And that character is so important to the story. Yeah, it's so, like, I spent most of my teen and college years trying to replicate that look. So, I mean, I was... It's also a little, uh, right now, at this point. I think they Shang all Young. are. No, I I'm mean, not going to single out Sean Young as crazy, because that's misogynist, but I will say they all are. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, it's my birthday, can we not, with any, yeah. with any of that? Yeah, is a huge-ass stoner who was Grace Slick's drug dealer. So let's go there. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Rachel is like, a, like <laughs> one of the all time. By the way, I just I'm in a documentary called The Disturbance in the Force, which is a Star Wars holiday special documentary. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned a lot <laughs> by being in that documentary, including if you want to hear some interesting casting. Who, who was everybody's connect? Art Carney <laughs> was supposed to be Robin Williams right before Mark and Mindy happened, but they didn't wow. want Robin Williams because no one knew who he was at Damn. that time. Right. I got I got one more crazy yeah, one. There's a little Star Warsy thing. Yeah. I got one more one more crazy one. Later on. Okay, so okay. uh the William Sanderson JF Sebastian character. Yeah. yeah. They also considered Joey Pants. Pantalano? For real? Yeah. yeah. Who has another thing? He's always does the same accent, everything he does too. It's just a different accent. Yeah. And again, I was talking about this in the group chat that like uh, Sanderson, that dude is like most people these days know him from Deadwood, and his character in Deadwood is great. But if you're of say the age of like Andy and I and Monty, you as well, you're probably gonna be like, oh, that's Larry and his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl from, from, from Newhart. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same. He always does the same accent and everything he's in, which is so but, funny. Uh, I mean, funny. but so does Joey thing. Pants. If he has the same thing with <laughs> Joey Pants in The Sopranos. But like you watch, we watch Memento, and he doesn't. He does the same accent that entire yeah, it's movie. Same, yeah, it's the He's like, I'm in the future, but look at my accent. Oh, I'm the future over here. I, I was like, I was like, I, I just intrinsically don't trust Ralphie from The Sopranos. Whatever the sure, fuck sure. he's doing, like in the back of this guy's I guess if you ask him, was Christopher Walken considered? Oh God. I was, I was walking around. He wasn't. I was walking around no. Kingston a couple he's days great. ago, and there was a, a hair cutting place. And or like a thing, and it said Walkins welcome with a huge picture of Christopher Walken. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I've seen oh, that everywhere. <laughs> like good. everybody does that. that that's <sighs> I don't know. I've, I haven't Anyways, seen it anywhere else. Uh, I uh, just going back to William Sanderson. Um, uh, if you're a Justified fan, um, he actually played part of the the Crow family oh, yeah. in the TV series Maximum Bob. So so if oh. you remember Dewey Crow, who was unjustified, and then yeah. like yeah. The, uh, the later seasons, his family shows up. Um, sure. The the patriarch of that family. Is is uh uh I can't remember the, which crow he was, but he he basically was the uh like like those characters' father in a different TV show. Well, well, he's uh, a that guy. Earlier. He's a that guy actor, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But he's he was like, scary in that role, which is weird for him. I'm not saying not, he's not a good yeah. actor. I'm saying he does no, the same fantastic. accent in everything yeah, he yeah. does, including the fact that like let's talk about Newhart. This is like what it's it, Maine, right? That they're at, and it's like why do you Vermont. sound like you're from from uh, oh, okay Her. whatever. Oh, don't whatever, Vermont. I'm just saying, he sounds like he's from Tennessee, right? So, like, and there's just sort of like, well, this is he a great is bit, Tennessee. so we don't Tennessee. care. Say. And, like, and, but I just think that's amazing that, like, it's never addressed. Oh, he just sounds, he sounds like he's And, and I love the fact okay. that, that, like, he also was in Batman. I do, I, I do um, declare, this is the best Burlington steak I have ever had in my whole life. <laughs> I don't, I haven't seen Newhart in so long. I used to watch yeah. the hell out of that show. I'm not going to lie. Like, like, no, no great show. All right, it was guys, a great show. It was funny. Guys, so I have something. Great. It's a disease. Um, no, I have, I have, 
a Bobby Wine. Christina's over. She just wants to talk about this freaking press conference. Or, is, is a, I'm me, tired. Is it? I don't want to talk about anything anymore. Okay. All right. All right. By the way, I should probably put in a disclaimer. I don't know if Harrison Ford actually feels drugs. I don't want that to be my pop-up quote. <laughs> oh, no. You don't want to be the lead in your Wikipedia don't intro? Air Force, I swear to God, if you make this a pop-up quote for when you promote this show, I'm going to come to you. Because so I want Lucas to yeah, yeah, come with you. Don't remember Lucas from social media strategist uh, does, the, does, the, does the dirt and it's he cares and part of the do this, I will sing Billy Joel throughout this whole thing so you can't post it. Um so changing wait, so, subjects entirely. Kyle McLaughlin yeah. is Decker, D or nay. I would say yay. Yeah. yeah, I'd watch that. Um all right, so so I have Bobby Wine interviewing Harrison Ford. Great. Can't wait to listen to it. Yes. It's gonna be weird as fuck, I'm sure. It's gonna be weird as fuck, and I and I clipped the entire thing. Fantastic. Because I was <laughs> can't wait to see it. Our, I'm gonna go I, friend of the show, Bobby. And I don't remember all of it. So this is gonna be a surprise for me too. All right. Ready? Oh Harrison, I've been looking forward to seeing you again and uh, very happy to see Blade Runner. I read a little bit about it, and it's some kind of fantastic movie. Sure. I remember after you did um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I saw a little featurette on television, and in that you made a, a quote that you said, hardest job I've ever had. Well, I'll revise myself here and now and say that uh, that was before I did Blade Runner, which I think is probably the hardest job I ever had. And it, 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 I mean, just looking at the film, you can tell that uh, this was no fun and games movie. I mean, this was lots of hard physical work. It was, yeah. For instance, the hanging off the building scene, what all was involved in that? Uh, climbing several times up the face of a building, albeit a uh, building built. To... How high is he right now? Oh, no fool here. But, uh, very. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, it's, and in fact, the, this. What exactly is he talking about? After I had about? done it a few times, it was done by somebody else and doubled to do it because it was so uh, arduous that I could only do it a, one or two times, and uh, uh, that sort of thing is. I mean, that's not a. That to me is not what the film is really about, or what my job is really about. So. So it doesn't make uh, no Harris. You're supposed to be dealing the drugs, on me. not doing them all. I just want to, you know, the the question for me in climbing up the face of the building is not how difficult it is, is how to make it look um, like I've never done it before. You know, to make it, and in fact, to make it uh, uh, look more difficult than it is 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 the really arduous part. That's more difficult than actually climbing up the face of the building. This movie, of course, directed by Ridley Scott, who did Alien Raiders, <laughs> directed by Steven Spielberg. They both love working with special effects, and they're just master craftsmen, both of them. But Steven is one kind of personality, and I don't know Ridley that well, but he appears to be an entirely different personality. Quieter, yeah. is he? Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know that it serves any of us well to, to try and describe very in short terms. Bobby, I won't lie. I'm high as fuck right but now. I can't everyone answer that is question. A different person works in a different way, and uh, and I work with them in a different way. It's the chemistry between people. It's the way in which they work that determines the success of it. And, and you work well with an, with a variety of different kinds of people, but each person is drawn to a different kind of work. 
Ridley's films are as different from Stephen's films as Stephen's films are from, for instance, from uh, Francis uh, Coppola's films, because they're different people, and you work with them in a different way. <laughs> All right, so and yet you work they're different in your own people. way at the same time. Harrison, you work with them differently because you're do, do different you different feel different. now you're, that you're acting, uh, acting. well? Let's let's start back when when you were doing Star Wars, yeah. you were part of an ensemble. And uh, then Raiders, of course, you were the star, and now this one, you know, definitely. Raiders, I was still a part of an ensemble, which included the director, the writer, the producer. It's still an ensemble. There's still, and as well, not to mention uh, Karen Allen and uh, all of the other uh, players in the film. There's still a feeling of ensemble. There's not, uh, and the, and, and, the He's best of filmmakers recognize that it's for it's the it is the film that maintains the the actor. Me when I didn't read the but book. in in the They're public, not the actor that maintains the film. Excuse me for stepping on your line there, um, but the public now, Harrison Ford, big star. Does that put more pressure on you? Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't really. I mean, it, it well, has. Well, zoom uh, ten out of ten. As uh, a body of uh, <laughs> films begins to accumulate, I become more recognizable, more well-known, and that has an effect on my privacy. But uh, but the rest of it, I mean, the, the only ambition I had when I started to be an actor was to be able to make a living as an actor and not have to do something else. It's the act life for me. I mean, that's what I was after, that kind of life, that kind of work. And as yo long ho, as I can work the life and, 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 you know, exercise what... Uh, I literally was thinking that in my head. ...what abilities and, uh, and take advantage of what experience I have, then I'm happy. You mentioned your privacy, Harrison. Now do you find that you don't get to do some of the things you'd like to do simply because you cause such a commotion every time you step outside? No, I still get high body. Uh, I, I suppose so. And, and yet, uh, the people that, that I deal with are invariably very kind and understanding. Many people understand that uh, just from the way you behave, that you have a that you have a sense of your privacy and, and respect that. So I'm not bothered by people very often. When you all were making Raiders, did you anticipate? Could you? You know what? Good for him. He's doing a really good job there. Like, cause that, like, our, our uh, girl is. Uh, what's happening, Bonnie? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was not. Oh, oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that this podcast turned into Mystery Science Theater like five minutes, ten minutes into it. So I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know this is what we do now. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's make fun of Harrison Ford. And I'm not making fun of him. Sandy's conducted himself well, considering the fact that you know he's. I would look. I get it. I mean, to his defense, those press junkets are freaking. Yeah, they're terrible. Because I was the journalist for I don't know, 25 years. Yeah. So I've done that, and I've still done that. In fact, the last one I did in the before times before COVID, right before COVID, I think it was like two weeks before COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed uh, Henry Cabell. And all we did was talk about horses because he was so bored talking about everything else. And it was for The Witcher. We just talked about horses. And then I got to hug him. And he's also one of those people who smokes. And you never know he smokes because he's magic. 
So that was fun. But I just kept staring at this interview and going, I reckon those recognize those hotel curtains. Those are hotel. Sure, curtains. and you do them all like in a row, right? And it's got to be incredibly boring. And and our our yeah. girl Bobby was not on it necessarily. No, I mean, like, there, there was it was just sort of like, all right, hey, like it's cool how. My favorite thing to do is to go on YouTube and watch press junkets of people who have never interviewed a celebrity in their life. And then it turns into like that, kind of like that Chris Farley interviewing, you know, Paul, uh, McCartney. Paul McCartney or Sting or something going, hey, remember that one thing you did? Yeah, that, that was, was great. Cool. That was great. <laughs> well, and, and, and like the thing with that, too, is that sometimes like she's so she's so odd sometimes they'll come up with a banger we're like what but here it's just like hey it was cool how like you worked in an ensemble in star wars and he's like well hold on a second like a bunch of people worked in these other movies which good for him for like pointing out that it yeah, does take a village right? to sort of answer that yeah. was good yeah that was, he couldn't uh, remember the names of the people but he remembered what their jobs were you know what so humble <laughs> Humble. <laughs> so I think he probably just sounds bored and tired too. Chapter yeah, like, I agree. right now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad she wasn't like happy. flirting with him or something. Like, like, because uh, remember, like, like she chastised Ridley Scott for Alien being so violent. Oh, um, yeah. She, she oh, flirted right. hardcore with uh, 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 the, what, what's his name? The the guy from um, uh, uh, Roadhouse, um, mustache guy. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no, no, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's a given. That's a given. That's default. <laughs> I mean, I would just like, let's roll off this interview and today. just bang. And he's just like, all right. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, she, she, she's never boring except for when she's boring. Yeah. Uh, from, from the comment, Sherry Prime, did Blade Runner start Cyberpunk? I would say yes. Actually, yeah. when I was looking no, into Gibson it, it yeah, I looked into what it. Talking yeah. about William Gibson did that predates. Yeah, Neuromancer, sure. If you if people I'm read, but I'm talking about like read because we're talking about the book of this, aren't we? Later well, sh- okay, okay. So hold on, Bonnie. Like I'm, I'm just saying from perspective of what we think of, like with the style of like cyberpunk and I like mean, are we talking about the style or the game because i think there's a lot of gen zers that are like do you mean the video game i don't know what's your watch what's your mm. watch oh, is it gen z gen millennial like gen z we're, okay. we're all gens welcome uh all gens welcome <laughs> i mean i remember when we talked about the third man and like uh people kept bringing up people i'm not gonna say who kept bringing up spongebob squarepants i used to, i was starting to get vaguely annoyed because i was Wait, like, I, don't, I don't give a shit about that what is that <laughs> <laughs> but like it's i i think like from a large perspective of what we think of as cyberpunk a lot of the trappings visual trappings for sure yes i mean this movie, for sure right? i mean Saimid, who did the who was the storyboard artist for blade runner and Saimid, i obviously do- elon musk likes it too i'm sorry it's the last time <laughs> yeah. i'm going to that okay i stopped talking now <laughs> Bonnie, it's my freaking birthday, dude. Like, what he wants to do, man. I'm, what do you I'm, want to in? What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Elon. Yeah, let's talk about Elon. I do not want to talk about Elon. I want to goof on his stupid ass car that looks like it's yes. out of Blade Runner, and that he thinks the titular character is called Blade does Runner. Does he have a name yeah, for that it's car? The car? Wait, it's oh the my car god, that, he does, isn't he? It's the car that Blade Runner drove. Is there a name of the car? Um, it's the Cyber it's the Cyber Truck. Yeah, Cyber Truck. Okay, that's yeah, which is so stupid. That's the lamest name for it. But the visuals for this movie, basically, like what we think of as cyberpunk, which of course, I mean, yeah. the Billy Idol record, of course, but uh, yes. like what we think of as cyberpunk, I think we think of, we think of this movie, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, and again, that doesn't say the entire concept or, or whatever, yeah, of but, course. but like generationally, 
that's why it's kind of weird to see like the younger oh, the younger generation kind of short selling the OG Blade Runner because oh it's boring. It's like aren't you I'm sorry aren't you the ones that are into Drive? You want to talk about boring? Like I mean like I like the movie but Jesus jumping Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so it's 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 easy to like short sell something when it's been so internalized into culture that's been regurgitated a hundred thousand times over generationally. Also let's be clear there's so many cuts of this movie, like like and and I've seen them all. Which Multiple is your times. favorite, Conan? Which is your I like favorite? the final cut. I think the final okay. cut is the best. I don't care for the narration. That's why I basically came yeah. away with. Well, you know why they did that. I do. Okay, then I will. I mean, do you want? Go, I mean, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I please talk, talk, talk about it. Talk about it. Because you know we have. We should talk about this. Yes. Okay. I was under the impression, and I could be wrong, that um, the reason they narrated is because in old 1940s noir movies of so the detective, yep. the detective would narrate. And that's what this is supposed to reflect is a futuristic noir. So yeah. they wanted that. To, and by they, I don't even know anymore if it was the studio. Or <laughs> I believe it was the studio, but but go on. They, yeah, they. They, were, they were like, you know, we wanted to reflect that kind of Sam Spade kind of thing, Maltese Falcon kind of thing. And I get that. But I think in the 80s, not a lot of film, not a lot of regular, just mainstream film goers were probably that aware of a narration being kind of standard in noir uh, detective movies and TV shows and radio. So yeah. I understood why they did it, but you are correct. It, it was a little jarring in the movie when you watch it with that, but I yeah. watch all versions and sometimes I like watching it with the narration because it, it feels is more noir like. You're right. It yeah. Lighter. It doesn't feel as heavy of a movie. It, it explains things too. Like, like oh, uh, yeah. you know, gives you like uh, some backstory or like why they talk in that weird language. Yeah. Um, and that kind of stuff. But but the other thing uh, I understood, like uh, the studio wanted that that narration. Harrison Ford and uh, um, uh, Ridley Scott did not. And what they ended up doing was was uh, Harrison Ford like basically phoned in the uh, narration. So if if uh, you know if you haven't seen the narration yeah, before, it is it is like really badly done. It's not electric. Let's put it that way. No, the um, only the only electric thing in there is the sheep. But I yes. think that it's also notable that you get something like you get a little more of the aspects if you get with the book with the narration because you get and there's a lot of inner monologue and things along those lines. But I think in general with movies, narration is tough. Like narration is, and I agree. And, and like we did a whole noir month, right? And like it, it is like oh, it's totally the thing that you like you do. The, but yeah, in in like the early eighties, nobody cared about that. People were like that's a thousand years ago. We're high on cocaine. What's happening now? Can you recall a, mo- a movie like a sci-fi movie that has good narration? I don't. Dude, I don't know. I would say Dune, Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I mean the De Laurentiis Lynch Dune. Does Star Trek have narration all the way through it? Yeah, Captain's really? Log, Stargate. <laughs> I mean, it's not really narration, though, is it? No, not it's really. I, I mean, I mean, like, like when when uh, they use it. I mean, all the way through the movie, like all. No, the no, way yeah, they don't have like uh, okay. they don't keep cutting back. It's like it's just basically like a plot device to set up things that you need yeah. to set up quickly, like a crawl. It's like a crawl, but narrated. But I think you're onto something, Bonnie, because like when we did the noir month, we did. I think I actually suggested Blade Runner because I was like, "Yo, what's a noir?" Mm-hmm. Straight up, yeah. like yeah, it's, it's a future cut noir. It to do the uh, 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 the Andrew uh, Garfield movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Under yeah, the sorry. silver light. Yeah, yes. That, the one yeah. you were on, and I basically yeah, wasn't. That was. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I went on a little tour of all the places that were in that movie not so recently. So I mean, not so long ago. I don't know before, Who's after, it? after COVID. I'll pick one. Pick one. But I think you're. But I think yeah, it's like the Sam Spade. It's like the Philip Marlowe. Like the the internal. Yeah, it's like the shadow. Yeah. It's like it harkens back to those old detective shows, and you know, it's interesting that. 
you said that Harrison Ford phoned in the narration because I don't think they'll be able to get away with just not doing a good job because I'm hearing more and more from my friends that work in studios that uh, they're just going to use AI of actors' voices to do it anyway because the tag thing was so vague. Uh, well, so that's a problem that's happening all over TikTok. I saw someone using Gordon Ramsay's likeness to sell cookware for free. That is, no. yeah, TikTok ain't getting these ads, and it took some oh, luck to get TikTok. And so, what you do is you end up clicking on the ad, it leads you to not the food network because Gordon Ramsay totally works with the food network, and you end up typing all your information, your personal, and your identity gets stolen. Oh my god. Yeah, it's happened so, to a lot of people on TikTok. So Chapter Black, getting back to, to Blade Runner and away from TikTok for a second. Yeah, the narration's <laughs> a little bit more enthusiastic than the interview we just saw. It's very laconic. Well, That's I what I remember most about it. Warning me about that. Thank you for the warning because I watch yes. TikTok. So Never okay. trust any ads on TikTok. My mom's like, oh, look at this. I'm like, mom, please don't. It's just robots. Robots wanting our money. There so, you go. Uh, so, hi, my well, name's Blade Runner, and I'm here to tell you <laughs> not so, to trust that. <laughs> so watch me pivot for this, right, and put it back to the movie. That like it's incredible how prescient this movie is. Not the least of which is that like all of the like uh, Uber Corporation haves and have-nots. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the the thing that's probably the most notable that I got wrong is it predicted FaceTime and video calls, but obviously could not have predicted the cell phone. Like like most. Mm. I mean, it's sort of Jetson. So, but like it's crazy that like okay, we're at the dawn of actual artificial intelligence where you have to have these really deep conversations about what it means when does something become sentient when does some something deserve like rights to you know to live or to vote or whatever and can i can i, can I cut in and say something really fast apparently because you can yes is, no <laughs> this is because i i think about this all the fucking time you, we, you have people whether it's like elon musk or like whoever it is right like these these uh tech billionaires that are yeah. constantly warning about this and saying like, oh, AI needs to get reined in. AI yeah. needs, you know, AI is going to be a but dangerous. But they create their own version threat. of it. But they keep, they keep creating <laughs> they keep pushing it. it. And they can <laughs> literally just not. They can literally just stop and never create right. it. You can literally say, hey, we're not going to do AI. We're going to make a decision. None of us are going to do AI. That's that's something. No if, one's if forcing you to do this. Like an existential <laughs> threat, right? Like if we truly believe like it's a threat to the level of climate change, which is what some of them have said, like then don't make it. It's so yeah. just don't do it. Just if don't worry about it. Why bother make it? So so that's so force that ties into the larger thing of like why I'm surprised that the younger generation doesn't vibe with this more. Because first of all, Sans narration, this is a vibe movie. Absolutely. Bonnie, you mentioned like you like, you know, watching it while you go to sleep and like yeah. Which I totally 100% get and 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 <clears throat> vibe with. And then uh, also <laughs> you have things like this. Like, look, there's a lot of things happening right now that are being directly addressed in this film and it's yeah. crazy to me that that, that like the, the the younger generation hasn't like uh, the only thing i think of is that like ridley scott at this point peace and love has made more mid movies and great movies yeah he he likes to flex on oh martin scorsese spent all this time directing this one movie but i've made four since he started filming and i'm like look at napoleon dude like i'm just saying yeah i'm I, saying there, there's blade runner right alien Thumb and Louise, and I guess maybe Gladiator. Well, and like, Thelma those are the great Thelma. ones. I forgot he did Thumb and Louise. Thumb and Louise so is that fantastic. That one stands out for sure. Yeah. I mean, 
I forgot. He's yeah, and then, like you know, there, there are some great second tier ones. Like, like let's be honest, like Hard Rain. Um, you know, I, he's I got a lot of good movies, but that's just it. Yeah. They're good movies, and he's made a lot more mid movies recently. So because of that, people like tend to be like, oh, really, Scott? He's fine. And it's like, no, but Blade Runner is like one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Really really I sound is. like Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift now, but whatever. Uh, I, I I do. Uh, I, in my head, I just. Wait a minute. In, in my head, I decided that I, I've crushed Napoleon and Bo is afraid together. So it's uh, I, I, and I can't decide whether to call it Napoleon or whether to call it uh, or whether to call it Napoleon Napoleon, Napoleon like Bo Napart like spelled with Napoleon. Oh, nice, that's nice. I think Napoleon's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Conan brought it up. This is so influential. And I was wondering what you saw when you saw this. If this was the first thing that you saw that defined you, or did you see a film inspired by this later? I saw Blade Runner. I don't even remember what cut it was at this point. I've seen this movie so many times. I saw this at a very early age. Did you uh, see it in theater? In a theater? Uh, I did not see it in a theater, but I saw it basically. It must have been when it first hit home video. But like, sure. but here's the deal. My dad had a crush on Daryl Hannah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> and probably still does, frankly. I haven't looked at his Facebook lately. I've been logged out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. But also you got to realize I saw RoboCop at an early age too, you know. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Uh, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I was five when this came out, so I didn't obviously see yeah. it. In the what theater. year was it when it came out again? Eighty-two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would. I would have been August eighty-two. I think too. So I would have been like four. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the the thing is though about uh, this movie, I actually didn't hear about it until I was uh, like in, in high school, if I remember correctly. And I was yeah. at. Uh, I was at a movie. Th- uh, not at a movie theater. I was at a museum to see the uh, the the Beaver movie on on uh, IMAX, the biggest damn movie you've ever seen. Uh, but it's like the real IMAX screen. DAM, I'm, I'm yes, certain. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's like the real IMAX screen where like you could like recline back and like like literally your entire field of vision is the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, wow. and it's just like helicopter shots of like Canada's wilderness uh, of like beaver dams. It's it's incredible. Like like it was amazing. But in the uh, <laughs> at the museum at the time, did Ridley Scott direct it? Kidding. Uh, actually, I could look it up. But anyways, don't, uh, don't, don't if you get a chance, uh, like, like, anyways, uh, at the at the uh, museum at the time, they had a uh, sets from various films, and they had the the flying like the model that they used that the, you know that they shot uh, of the flying car, and, and I had never yeah. seen this before, and I never heard of Blade Runner, and, and uh, I so just, you saw like, the car first, the flying. I saw car. the car first, you and I'm like. like I think like Elon Musk first too. I was going to say next to a young Elon Musk. Yes. No, actually, I was sitting next to a young Gabriel Horn. But uh, that's a that's way better. Yes, I win. Um, but but uh, uh, you know, I saw it like like everybody's like, yeah, Andy, whatever. I'm like I'm like this is so cool looking. Like like I, I so wish I had my sketchbook with me so I could see. It her did draw. seem like future stuff in the 80s. I will yes. I will I will say that. It does not seem like future stuff in 2023. And then and then the I mean, aesthetics of it too. Like like the first time I watched it cuz cuz I, I went to the library shortly after that and saw it for the first time. Yeah. And and just the the you know, all the shots are just so beautiful in this movie, you know. It's so so copied. I mean like yeah, it's it's a pastiche of, of a lot of stuff that came of noir, but like yeah. like like the way they infused uh, sci-fi into it, it was just so original. So uh, you know, so let's. I, I like this, uh, Christina. How about you? When 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 do you first see Blade Runner? And did you see something that was inspired by it first, or did you see this first? Uh, I believe I, I think. Remember the I Love series on VH1. I believe they talked about Blade Runner at one point as like a oh, okay. movie, and so I was like, "Oh, I should go see this." Nice. And so did you see Batman animated series before this. Before uh, that, animated, no. 
Okay, because because the Batman the Animated Series, they had William Sanderson in an episode, and they actually do like some Blade Runner pastiches and some of it. And honestly, like the visuals totally steals from the movie. So All like, right. you know. Yeah. There you go. As many times. Bonnie, how about you? Um, so I was ten when this came out and I lived in Kansas. There was no movie theaters. I think we had right. I think it was drive-in, drive-in movie theater. So I don't think, because that's where I saw Star Wars, was the drive-in. So I don't think, I saw, you know what? I think I saw it because I, I had a boyfriend that worked at Blockbuster in high school, Blockbuster Video. Rad. And, <laughs> and you could play, if you worked there, I think you could play whatever you wanted. And then super late at night when no one was like, really pay attention. That's when like all the Italian horror films would come on. But yeah. He, he played Blade Runner once when I went, and I was just like, oh, my God. He's Blade that? Runner once. Sorry. Go yeah, on. <laughs> Blade once, and then I was hooked. And then I was, uh, you know, every time I was in charge of any kind of schedule for midnight movies anywhere I worked, I always put it in the roundup. And, yeah, it just became – it's weird. It's weird to think of my most favorite movie of all time, and I cannot remember – How it started, right? The yeah. very first time I saw it. But I – Maybe no, you're a replicant. Maybe it's an implanted memory. Who knows? I, yeah, there you go. There you the go. one thing they're implanting is that you watch Blade Runner, watch but it's Blade really Runner. great. Yeah. Aha, it's a perfect alibi. Yeah, I mean, I really, it's, yeah, I think it must have been on, and I know it was on video. I know it was on VHS, yeah. but I don't, because I can't even remember which. Which one, which, which was the cut that was on VHS? Was it, because they did director's cut in the 90s? Oh, yeah, no, it right? wasn't. So it would have been. Um, one and a half. So we're talking There's been so many different versions of this. This has to be the movie that has the most versions. I right, or one of them. Uh, But but anyway, was was that the end of that, Bonnie? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh no no no! I was just saying. I was trying to think of which. That's also a good question. I think it's whatever was available for sale first, or available to rent first, was whatever version I got. So I'm assuming it. it's a narrated. One. Yeah, like whatever that was is what it, the first one I saw too, and it probably was a narrated one. Yeah, and I was also thinking, when did what one? I, it must have because at that time there was only two. It was just HBO and Showtime. I think were the only two cable companies. Yeah. Then. So it would have been on HBO. Skinamax was a little that, later. That was later. <laughs> that was later. So I think it was HBO. I saw it on probably first for home. My, my dad was buddies with the cable guy, and we got all that stuff for free. So. I know. We were- <laughs> Let me tell you, we were the first ones on our block. To get I think you smoked them out, to be honest. So, but. We were so popular because we were the first ones to get HBO. But HBO, when it launched, only had like, what, five movies? No, it was like ridiculous how few movies there were. But, yeah. but they predated MTV with HBO Jukebox. That's so true. So we had music videos, but it was all Journey. Well, now, now MTV terrible. just plays the same five movies. So Yeah, they do shows. There you go. Forrest, how about you? When's the first time you saw Blade Runner? And did you see the stuff inspired by it first? Or did you see this? First? So so I, I definitely saw it as a little kid. Don't remember the thing. But then I talked to my mom when I was watching it this week. And she's like, yeah, you definitely saw it like as a little kid. Like, yeah. So I don't I, I remember like the aesthetic of it. I don't remember like actually sitting there watching it. But we had like a video store in town. And like I I had to percent know that I was like, Blade Runner, that's, that's another Harrison Ford movie. But um, I yeah, feel like this another... did good money in video, right? It had to have because like everyone yeah. I talked well, to was like in the comments. Stevie said Laserdisc, and I was like, yeah, I had it on Laserdisc. I now remember <laughs> I had this thing on Laserdisc. I'm trying to remember what part of the movie I had to flip the disc before you could get the Laserdisc that was auto flip. Um, for those young and Laserdisc is no, no, actually. So my uncle was in uh was in the Air Force and he was he was uh, stationed overseas. 
mm-hmm. in Japan for a, a, a long time. And the two, the three things, four things he brought back. He brought back Pepsi in the really slim cans, like super oh, like yeah. slim. Sure. Like, I mean, I'm drinking tiny Coke right now. So. Exactly. Just like that. Pocky, one of the greatest candies and treats of all time. I love Pocky, too. And a, and a Laserdisc player with two things. The Zaxxon video game yeah. on Laserdisc. I remember and, that. And MFN Blade Runner. So yeah. that's right. And I forgot about it because I saw it in the video first, then I saw it on a laser disc, and I don't, you know, whatever. I was too young to And I don't think people realize. I was like, wow, that. these things are huge. They <laughs> look like laser disc, laser, So laser disc was the format between VHS and laser disc. And laser disc, you had to flip it unless you had a player that also would play. So you had to take it out and then flip the disc and put it back in. So everyone knows certain movies. Like I have a PTSD situation where I'm like, well, I shouldn't say PTSD. I just have a very vivid memory of. Okay, this is where we flip Dune. This is where we flip Star Wars. This is where yeah, we flip remember. Flashdance. This is where we flip. Like, it just keeps going. And I'm like, why do I remember this? But I can't remember the capitals of any of the United States. But I remember this. So Listen, okay. kid. This is a, a movie about the future. And it's on the format of the future. It's done with lasers. You heard of this, kid? Lasers and lasers. discs. They're called Laserdisc. Believe it. Right. It's gonna change this whole industry. It's gonna. It's it's a movie. It's a movie where everyone dies from lasers. It's gonna blow your mind. The movie is put on a disc with lasers. And all the kids they love lasers. They're gonna love the disc that goes with them. It's gonna be great. Buy laser discs anymore? Are they even like for sale? People are gonna buy them like it ain't nothing. Well, uh, I will say that there is a gentleman uh, who's trying to uh, get all of Titanic on VHS. I'm assuming, I wonder if it's on Laserdisc too. <laughs> Laserdisc. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, know, I don't like, know. The, movies, the yeah. movies that came out after Laserdisc stopped being Laserdisc, I don't know if they retroactively, I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, so so what I so I find it interesting because when we talk about video stores and we talk about like video store culture and things along those they lines, they do in fact have Titanic laser disc. I don't care. So <laughs> th- when we talk about that kind of culture and like what kind of movies became quote unquote cult classics because of it, Blade Runner's a perfect yeah. example. Because something that like you if you have like a cool I did not if you have like a cool older sibling or something they're going to show it to you and you're like whoa what's this and if you don't mm-hmm. recall anything about it like whoa that was awesome. Right. And and like I think that like that is an element of culture that is just gone. That is gone completely and utterly. But also everybody has access to everything all the time. So that's why I'm surprised that the Zoomers haven't vibed with the OG Blade Runner. I was just talking to a friend about this. Uh, I was talking to my friend Will last night about this, and we're talking or at least about the top ten interview uh, reviews on Letterboxd haven't. Anyway, go ahead, Bonnie. I I, I caught I caught that little flex about you know bringing up your friend your friend Will that shut up. <laughs> Go ahead, Bonnie. I don't want to name drop. Quit doing that for us. Um, yeah. So anyway, my friend starts with a W. We we're talking about Night Flight the other night, or last night. We we're talking about Night Flight, and for those of you who don't know what Night Flight was, it was a TV show that was on super late at night on USA Network. And it's um, a streaming service now where it runs the old episodes as well as a bunch yes, of other stuff. It is also a streaming service now, which you can subscribe which to. We should maybe be all, on. It'll play all the old episodes, and what it was was a combination of. Uh, alternative music videos, but also really weird movies like independent sci-fi and NYU, like uh, student films and Mr. Bill and like, you know, Fantastic Planet. But then you'd have like these punk rock shows and then you'd have interviews with like David Lynch type things. And it was just, but it was a discoverability. And we were talking about the discoverability of like weird shit. And 
like a clearinghouse of the bizarre and weird and obscure, but yeah, in, a, in a way that like could introduce you to something you maybe didn't know you loved, right? Yeah, and back then in the 80s and early 90s, the way you discovered stuff was either, like you said, you had a cool friend or friend, family friend or whatever, but also you would have like things you just stumble onto, like Tales from the Dark Side in the middle yeah. of the night, or, you know, these shows that you're like, or Cable Access, which I loved Cable Access. I, In fact, oh, I had a Cable Access show in high school, and I loved Cable Access. Same. Show. I don't even think, I guess that would be TikTok now, right? Like TikTok and YouTube, I guess, are the new cable accesses, maybe? I don't you can know. literally find, you can watch the entire Shameless series on TikTok in clips. But yeah, yeah. but taking the place of that sort of like uh, talented and idea-laden amateurs well, plying their trade and making something. Yeah, and making where, do something... You, where do you find the creative weirdos like you, Conan? Where would they find you? They didn't know about this. Podcast. I don't have. Here's here's what I'm gonna ask you. Do you have any archives of your show? Because I don't have of ours, and I'm really sad about that. Because none other than Jerry Casali, if we're name dropping, uh, um, said he. Oh, I'd like to see that. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> he got me of it. Show? <laughs> what show? What show are you talking about? My, my public access. My uh, uh, public access show. Uh, the one in San Francisco. My friends. Uh, it was no. It was not in San Francisco. It was in Modesto. Oh. This was in Modesto. I didn't. I was not cool enough in the Bay Area yet. Mine and they clearly didn't know what they were airing when I when no, I. Mine was in San Francisco. Francisco. It's called Subculture, and I think it was Well, sure, you were, because Bonnie, we all know you were born cool, so. No, no, no. I didn't say it was cool. I just said it was called Subculture. <laughs> I didn't, no. Cool. I, I didn't move to the Bay Area until, uh, nine, like, 95. So I had a, my public well, actually show was in, was in Modesto, and I learned how to edit on the old, like, clicky, clicky console machines and stuff like that. Oh, and and it was good, uh, but it was it was something that nobody was thinking about archiving anything. It's like all those old Doctor Who episodes that are like, oh, we don't save that stuff. We just, <laughs> it's like, oh, they're just gone for forever now. Great. I have all yeah. my shows. Well, Pluto TV has them. So I have all yeah. my shows. No, there's a bunch of them that have the audio and they don't have the video because they just they literally destroyed the tape because they they kept reusing it, which is like nobody ever thought nobody's gonna want to see this kid show over again. You know, that's why, that's, 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 that's what makes um, me about like a lot of the like. Oh, like a lot of the um, shows in the '60s, like like a lot of the hullabaloo, like where artists would perform yeah. stuff, like and you don't really, there's no good quality of any of those shows that feature a lot of artists who were of their time. You're right, because archiving something wasn't thought of as a natural thing you would do. You had to be like a quote unquote archivist personality to 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 do that, and some people were smart enough to do so. Uh, yeah, and, and Night would... Flight. Is, is, is a service that actually... Yeah, I mean, they were smart. Tales from the Dark Side was smart enough to do that. I mean, it's yeah. it's also like I see things sometimes pop up on Tubi or Freeverse or Pluto yeah. TV or something where it's like a free thing. And if it see, exists, sure. And you see these things where you're like, holy crap. Like even the first season of Mystery Science Theory 3000, which was cable access before it became a thing. Right. And I think Joe Bob Briggs' show was also cable access before it became a thing. So... I I'm dying to see some of that, but I know some of that footage is on its bonus footage. Can I say the destructive images? They gave us the opportunity to archive them, and we're like, oh, we have to pay for the tape? No way. I know that's the other thing. We're all we're all. And it's like, one of us had a job, and it was a minimum wage at the record store, you know, and it was like, no, no, we can't afford that. Are you can. <laughs> What uh, what, what you were saying though about like the cool older older sibling that kind of shows you stuff like that? I feel like the internet just kind of ruined that type of person and like turned them yeah. into like the the, the older sibling ever. that like that shows you like uh like ISIS beheading videos or something. He's like, you'll never guess oh, what yeah. you can see on the 
on on like the the deep recesses of YouTube. Faces of Death. <laughs> Matthew, oh, Matthew. Matthew. Tell you a story about that. So I have okay. other friend. I had another friend that worked at another video cassette place. And they got raided by the FBI for having that because it was supposed to be like an illegal thing. And it wasn't. It should have been. It sucks. It wasn't blockbuster video. It was like some sort of like. It was cast video. But yeah, it it got raided for faces of death. And I'm like, and then the big big controversy was that it was all fake anyway. Like none of it was real. It was all staged. But I don't know. I don't know. People calling out. That thing that it was like a rite of passage for high school kids to get a hold of this, it was like found footage horror, but it was like snuff films and stuff on a mm-hmm. on a series of cassettes. And a lot of it was just really weird stage stuff. And a lot of it was like, sadly, a lot of it I think was animal cruelty, but I don't know for it's sure. It's horrible. And I don't want to discuss it on my fucking birthday show, please. Thank you. Because I fucking <laughs> hate it and always have hated it. I'm sorry, uh, Bunnett. <laughs> Reefer Madness on Night Flight, Matthew Film Guy in the comments. Uh, Night Flight also show clips in the 80s version. The 80s version of Dr. Caligari, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff like Night Flight was, was again, like one of the things that we were all talking about, right? Of like having the arbiters of weirdness that you, you could find. So, like, I mean, it's what is that now? I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. But all I know is, yeah, I, I definitely saw it on video a few times. My dad largely watched it because of Daryl Hannah. <laughs> but however you got there is how you get there. It's so weird that I'm such into movies and music, yet I, yet I have parents who are like, grew up in a time where we couldn't afford to go to the movies. We had we had to pick. We were allowed to watch one show a week for six kids in the house. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you people, but I'm more well-rounded than you guys are, just saying. Sorry, Mom mm-hmm. and Dad. Yeah, we didn't go to the movies either because it was too expensive. The only time we went to the movies is if it was like a cheap two-for-a-matinee situation or drive- drive-in movies were always cheap. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like drive-in anyway because drive-in culture was fun because you got to see yeah. like three movies in one night and it was outside and it was just kind of fun. That's how I saw Close Encounters and that was an amazing experience. Yeah, but- and also, I mean, anytime you can watch a sci-fi film in space outside at night, and if you could be somewhere in a drive-in theater where it's not close to a lot of lights, then it's just like your screen connects yeah. to the actual sky, which is actually really kind of magical for children. H- to watch. Hence why me seeing Close Encounters of the Third Kind at the drive-in was a pretty special experience. That like, I, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Sad- and sadly, it's also- the only it's drive-in. Magical. I'm Sad- sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, sadly, the only drive-in movie I've ever seen was Godzilla 1987 or 88 or, or 98 or whatever the fuck. The Raymond Burr one? No, no. They came back. No, the one with Matthew Broderick. Oh, come on. That's not a Godzilla movie. Get the fuck off my stream. I went to a drive-in movie. A lot of them are coming back. So if you live, I don't know where you guys live, but in California and LA, they brought back one of the drive-in theaters during COVID because it actually made sense. Yeah. A lot of films that were doing COVID, like a lot of them were like, let's just do drive-in premieres. But a lot of a lot of drive-ins shut down right before COVID. Like all the best drive-ins in Wisconsin, it yeah. was like literally the month before. Four of them shut down like the month before did COVID. Did any of them did, come back though, They did not. COVID? Nope. Did any of them? Oh, that's sad. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's when I was a kid though, we did have a second run theater that uh, I lived near and uh, my mom worked on Saturday. So my dad would take me to go see whatever it was. Uh, so I saw a lot of Italian sci-fi movies and, and fantasy films. <laughs> this explains um, a lot about what happened to you later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I thought everybody went to go see the um, uh, the Lou Ferrigno Hercules films. Uh, I oh, didn't realize God. it was just me. 
I did. I saw them. It's not just you. You're not alone. Yeah, he I punched the bear into space. I mean, it's the greatest film ever. I also you thought are not alone. Oh my God, Conan. I was thinking of that song in my head. <laughs> just like your commenter, I saw Empire Strikes Back at the drive-in as well. But I saw it as a double feature with Smokey and the Bandit. So I actually did think it was one movie when I was a kid. So for the longest <laughs> time, I'm like Dom DeLuise. Again, Dom DeLuise. Is it Dom DeLuise? Yeah. Uh, Burt Reynolds and Han Solo were friends in my mind. Don Deluise <laughs> and Chewbacca were friends. Like when you watch Greenlit, I mean, it could have been one long movie uh, if it's a double. Feature. I mean, Dom Dom Deluise was in uh, was in Spaceballs, and that's yeah. like Dom Deluise yeah, in Stargate and uh, Catterwall. He, okay. he performed at Caterwall. <laughs> the first Caterwall. I wonder what a double feature was like. Blade Runner would go well with it as a drive. Oh, Blade Runner. I remember that movie. We should talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd, Look, I'd really, Dom enjoy, I'd really enjoy watching Empire Strikes Back and Blade Runner as a. I feel like that would be like an awesome. Yeah, that would be feature. good. That would yeah. be good. Yeah. Good point, Forrest. Ridley Scott directed Blade Runner. He also directed Alien, right? Sure and so think about the terms of like how our no corporation from there. How are corporations depicted in these in these movies? Yeah, he doesn't like corporations much. Right. Huh? But think about like mainstream movies, genre pictures that are mainstream movies. Yeah. And how are these these corporations depicted? Not great. Turns out they're not up to anything good. This is 70, 79 and 82, 83. Yeah. Look, like futuristic uh in a lot of ways but not the least of which is like hey maybe all these corporate entities aren't looking out for us this is again we think of dystopian sci-fi it's not only a thing it's a trope at this point right this is this is one of the 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 the, the flashpoints of dystopian sci-fi really as far as a modern sensibility goes which goes back to um being a progenitor of cyberpunk but certainly as a as a film experience it absolutely. I mean, it, it, like it's it, it all owes an, a debt to Blade Runner. Um, and I think it's interesting. I mean, after having read the book, right? Like, and being someone who's kind of an avid consumer of noir and like has at least like you know skimmed through a lot of those like old punk or old uh, pulp like novels, right? Like from the nineteen twenties and nineteen forties. I feel like the book is a lot more like those old pulp, like pulp novels that they're kind of yeah. satirizing. And the movie is a lot, is a lot more like, you know, neo-noir slash like the noir thing. And which kind of makes sense that like in, in the, in the book, like um the, the, the corporation, which uh, is it like the, it's not the Tyrell corporation. It's the, um, uh, it starts with an R. I forget what their last name is, but um, it's uh, the, uh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but like, so no, that no, it's, Ty it's Tyrell and Blade Runner, isn't it? You're thinking of uh, no, Alien. I'm, no, I'm talking about Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, the book. Like, oh, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, okay, it's okay. the um, but yeah, so their their corporation is incredibly dishonest, but all but everybody's dishonest, right? Like, this is a right. dishonest world. Yeah, yeah. In the actual, like, in Blade Runner, the corporation at the center of it is far more dishonest and is a far more corrosive part of the story. It's an right? insidious, like, uh, an outright yeah. insidious entity. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think that that's there's a lot of interest interesting things about how um like times changed between uh 1968 when like you know a lot of it's about like cold war ideology there's still like the soviets uh, the whole world's controlled by the un and that plays like a big role in the book whereas this um <clears throat> everything's controlled by corporations specifically each you know each colony each planet and they're kind of just churning out these these kind of 
uh, like the models of the robots, which is, is the same thing in the book, but like I feel like it's a far more insidious part of the movie, and because that that's the time sense. period, yeah, yeah, yeah. too, yeah, and, and that's and I think you're onto something with that also because if you think about uh, what noir was at the time, because Philip K. Dick was very much like an avid reader as well as a writer, yeah, and so he loved all of that stuff, but he wanted to do like that kind of stuff, but kind of do something kind of future facing with it, mm-hmm. and he did, and he became kind of almost like one of the best pulp sci-fi authors of his time because of that. What would yeah. his fandom be called? Because, you know, Grateful Dead fans are called Dead 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 Heads. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Um, no, but I, it's I think probably that dickheads. Yeah. No, but I, I think it's, it's kind of fascinating also his ethos, right? Like Fallopian tubes. Okay, like, I've, I've read it, like, I haven't read as much as, you know, like Conan and Andy have, but, like, I've read, like, a few of his books. And there's, like, I mean, there is, like, kind of, like, an ironic sexism to it but that's the same thing with a lot of those um with all of the early pulp novels right imagine like, if sean connery had been deckard it would be even more sexism <laughs> <laughs> but no like, like i would say like that kind of ethos and i think it's a lot more uh like kind of ironic in philip k dick's yeah. work but like it, it it is something that got built upon by each of these like um generationally like, sure yeah, yeah yeah absolutely well and, it's oh yeah. go ahead. and and the other thing that i wanted to point out about the, the differences between the book and the movie which i liked a lot um, I like that in the in the book, he's obviously like not he doesn't start out as like the best bounty hunter in the department, right? Like he's kind of like the the guy that they call in when the actually like good bounty hunter, like as as his like second, right? And yeah. I, I like the fact that uh, the movie changes it and like noir kind of does as, as a film thing, right? Like um, it, it changes it until he's kind of the he's like a reticent bounty hunter already when the book when the right. which he isn't in the, in the in the book right in the movie he's like oh I don't want to do this anymore I'm just I'm when I thought I was out <laughs> yeah me and back in in the book he obviously still has like the book he has a wife and he has like all these motivations for doing it in the movie he's kind of just like oh I've seen too much and like you know and they get rid which of which is a noir trope of course yeah because other than in a lonely place almost every noir centers a copper detective right so yeah and well at least this this generation of noir this subset right the, 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 they're kind no, of most, no most no noir. like i mean if you really want to yeah i mean if that's the hair you want to split even sure. if it's even if it's like uh <laughs> even if it's like oh well now we're gonna make it an insurance adjuster instead or now we're gonna <laughs> right, make exactly it, like, yeah. some some, but, some like subsect of, of authority figure yeah but uh no so I, I like that he's in this he's like oh you're the best one we've ever had and he's like sorry i'm out of the game and they're like but if you're out of the game who's going to hunt down these replicants. And I, and I like yeah. that juxtaposition. Well, I dramatically, like, I think that works yeah. better. Right. And, and, as, yeah. and, and I say that it is like, you know, I have two Philip K. Dick books in my top 20 books of all time. And I love that guy as an author, but I think the movie is better because of that, because it's more relatable. Right. I love the concept of mercerism. It's so fantastic. Somebody should make a movie literally just about that. Because it actually still kind of rings true today. I'm glad they dropped it. It's nowhere near there. I'm glad that the electric animal things is like in there, but it's like not centered. Because honestly, that's not very relatable. Like it's maybe more relatable now, but and, and, and it's certainly cool. And I think about it literally every time we go on vacation and we turn on like the eight hours of squirrel videos on the TV for the cats <laughs> to look at. I think about it every time. But like it's not as important as the crux of the story, which is literally just. Who gets to live? Why and for how long? Yeah, uh, which, which right? Which is that last, is relatable AF. The last, the last point <laughs> that I wanted to bring up is that there's a, a sea change kind of between um, like the, the story of the war that broke out between like the U.S. and Soviet Union that made the Earth uninhabitable, 
and made like the like the colonial process speed up right. which is kind of how all colonial processes kind of work in general i think like yes. um and in the actual uh you know in the movie it's a lot more about environmental degradation which is something that goes which isn't really ascribed to any specific thing it's like oh it's just it's terrible that this happened well, it's, it's like fa well, it's, fa it's famine war and pollution all at the same yeah time. it's crazy all this <laughs> terrible stuff all happened huh wild Oh, yeah, how'd that happen? <laughs> but I, I like I like that by the time the 80s come around, right? Like people are a lot less scared of nukes and they're a lot more afraid of like the environment and as we still are, the environment kind of Which is another reason why it's yeah, prescient yeah. because we're dealing with the exact same problems and the exact same perpetrators. The more things much. change, the more they actually stay the same. Including those Whoa. dopey cars. Did did Harrison Ford <laughs> tell you that when he was high as fuck? Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Coming up next week, Harrison Ford. <laughs> Dude, I'd love to meet Harrison Ford. He seems like he's hey, a kid. He'd probably hate me. He'd be like, he definitely son. would. He's he like, probably would the code out of anyone else. He's, he's like, he's like, son, why, why, <laughs> why are you talking to me so much? I, I don't like this. I got to meet him. I was gonna say one person hey. on on this panel actually has met him. So I think it's a funny conversation. Excuse me. Uh, okay. All right. Well. Okay. Okay. Let the record show. Yes. Do, 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 do. Snap correction. Andrew, I want to know mm. how you met him. I was working I at Radio Shack and uh, in the Berkshires, <laughs> and, and uh, like many celebrities, he just walked in to Radio Shack. What did, was he getting? He was getting a, 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 a cordless phone for his son going to uh, to, to college around there. <laughs> he's, he's like, I got to kill like this a, android. Yeah, no, like like um, uh, Mia Farrow <laughs> trying to build this rocket. His son's a really good chef too. His son's a really good chef. Yeah, no, mm. this is when he was way younger. I'm getting hungry again. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I haven't eaten since. Yeah, I met him, in, um, right. him a few times, like uh, when we were doing presentations at Comic Con. Uh, Is it intimidating or no? I think it was the one of the DVD presentations for uh, Blu-ray original trilogy. It was him and Carrie and Mark, and um, yeah, he's you know he's an interesting dude because he's just he's so iconic, but he's also just kind of normal because he doesn't do the whole like hollywood thing and he very yeah. rarely ever goes to conventions in fact the one time i saw him go promote a movie that clearly was not anything that everyone knows him from was from cowboys and aliens if you remember that movie and i liked it yes it was I fun too. i mean it was a good precursor of him in westerns i thought he should yeah. be in westerns because that actor you know when you think about it star wars is a western and so sure. uh you know, kind of like an Indiana Jones, he's kind yes. of Western-esque. So it's like, you know, why isn't he in Westerns? And I like that movie too, but as you know, it didn't do so well with critics and fans because it is based on an existing comic book series and people, and I think book series maybe? I don't know. But yeah, it was, so I've met him a few times. He's very nice. He's very gracious. He's not mean. I think the thing is, is like he really likes to play a curmudgeon on, you know, talk shows like Conan O'Brien and things just because it's fun to see him do that. Yeah. Uh, he's a very nice he's a very nice man so yeah yes uh, i remember my first thought when i saw him was like wow this guy looks like harrison ford and then he speaks <laughs> and i'm like wow he sounds just like uh, oh snap <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> wait i love that you were working at radio shack that's such a blade runner great that's a very blade runner job right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like peckered at radio shack that's no, Dude, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we were selling cordless phones and killing androids. It's just yeah, what that's we like did. 
You just won 80s bingo. Harrison Ford, <laughs> Radio Shack, cordless phone. You can say bingo. If you have yeah. Armatron in there, you can go for bonus points. Uh, it's art with words. I don't know what this is in regards to, but don't knock yourself down too much. How influential you all are. You've inspired me to and plenty of others. Check out interesting things. This place got to check out Solid Rock Trust. Yay. <laughs> and... The Night Shift got me into Perpetrator and Smile. Oh, thank you. Thanks so for watching Night Shift. That's the show that I do with Jenna Hayes and Renee Ruin on horror films. And I appreciate you guys watching that, too. Thank you. That's how I met. That's how that podcast came to be. I met Renee on this show. Yep. So yep. thank you guys. For- the North remembers and so does Conan. Yeah, thank you guys. You know, if, if we can make our own, like, actual, like, network, we can, like, feature all of our, like, there you go, Christina, sister brother it. shows that, yeah. that feature everyone uh, else. We can get do paid. It. There we go. <laughs> And we can we can we can pitch our our dream show, which is we get a we're, we're gonna do like a Vice style show, like a Vice Land style show. Where we get Harrison Ford to go to different dispensaries. <laughs> I mean, look, I just want to do in. a horror movie show just with puppets, and I want to reenact the most violent horror film scenes with puppets. That's all I want to do before I die. Speaking of puppets, Disney doesn't know what to do with the Muppets. Come on, there's plenty of, of like Muppets groups called. Like, do stuff like that again. Blade okay. Runner. Stop doing the TV shows. Blade Runner with Muppets. Muppets. And yes. you replace everyone in the cast, but Edward James Almos. Yes. Uh, if you watch like season one of Channel Zero, that's got a really creepy puppet story. So okay. Out there. Anyway, back For to those Blade who Runner. don't know, Cone is like. Uh, the big brother I've always wanted because we were too alike. Exactly. So that that's why we that's why we uh, team up to produce cool shit on this show when, when, <laughs> when we're when we're allowed to. Uh, I think that this movie there's a lot of weird detail in this movie. Like again, so so we talked about uh, <laughs> Daryl <laughs> and his and his uh, and his brothers. Um, I I. I for some and reasons, he lives in the Ray Bradbury building in LA. So you can oh, really? I no, always that's, that's in the movie Sebastian. His apartment complex is in the Ray Bradbury building, which actually exists in LA, and you can go visit it, and it's beautiful. I've seen this movie at least a dozen times. I always kind of selectively forget how important the toy maker is, and that he, like he's his own friend. That's the big line, right? I don't have friends. I make them. Yeah, and 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 like it sort of explained a way that like oh he's got a condition right of of like you know why do you look so jacked up dude? Yeah, I always forget about that. What was the condition called? I, I forget. What was but it? He's twenty five. Yeah, but he's supposed to be twenty five. And like, oh uh, yeah, he's, he's like. It's probably, it's probably good that they stopped him from being like retarded and they made him have like a degenerative disease. Like that's the, way better. Book, yeah. He's very clearly like a little. Why? Retarded. What, is, like, what do they call it in the book? What's the disease? Just they're, they're like he's special. He's he's, a, he's he's touched. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. So that okay. But they there's so in the book, right? Like Earth is degenerating uh, over yeah. time, and like the you know the radiation is degenerating. All there's no over. real actual real animals left. That's why they, all the uh, yeah artificial animals are around. Sure. Or there's like they're like they're really really rare. At least you like, have to be like yeah. the uber rich of the uber rich to have one. Yes. Yeah, and so so people's brains are continuing to deteriorate. So they have to give them IQ tests, and so like there, there's a class of people on Earth. Who have like a subpar IQ that they're just called like the specials. Like they're very clearly mentally challenged. And so <laughs> this one guy started off not mentally challenged, but he's like degenerated enough at this point that like his, yeah. So it's a change okay. for the better that they just issued that entirely and was like, oh no, he's got like, he looks older than he is and like therefore he couldn't go to the colonies. Like reverse, I guess that would be like progeria, right? Those children that like, look oh like sure. 84. Yeah. 
Yeah. What well, he, and I think oh, it's called uh, Methuselah, Methuselah syndrome, and this his glands oh. grow old through that. But it also makes him basically a replicant, right? Like the replicants age age out really fast, and that's like the whole thing behind them. And that's so, what makes that more yeah. relatable, right? Because obviously, yeah. like like him and him and Pris like strike up this like friendship relationship, whatever you want to call it. That like is is it's well. based. <laughs> She's not his friend. She's using herself. I know that body, but I'm just saying that from his perspective, he's looking at it like that. Which I maybe know, I, feel for him. I feel bad for Sebastian. He just wants friends and he wants to play chess. That's it. Like, don't. My, my man didn't get to. My man didn't get to smash at all. Not even one. Maybe I would imagine because he's not actually mentally challenged as he is in the book that like in some small corner of his mind he knows that but like doesn't care because he wants to like I don't think he's mentally challenged. He built Definitely not. We just talked about that. In the book he's mentally challenged. I'm just saying that like your birthday. Maybe I could complete a thought on this show. Who knows? Uh I don't know. It, it's cool. It's 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 a, it's a good bit. And then, like, even though you know it's coming, when Roy Batty comes in, it's like, oh, this is not going to go well. This is this is a bummer. This is a bummer. And it is a bummer. And then, like, I I argue that without his reaction to like the skull crushing, like that scene doesn't work. Like I I think that like it doesn't have the impact that you because you see him and he's like, oh god, I gotta get away. You know, like immediately, and you know, which ends ends poorly as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm the <laughs> asshole. Great. <laughs> no, no. Um, no. I. Just leave. Did he just leave his own birthday party? Might have. Or I thought it, I thought he was going to go across the skull. Oh I man, where, where's something. Uncle Alligator? At? No. Uh, I uh look I, kid, I, it's all about skull crushing. There's gonna be all kinds of crushing going on. There's gonna be crushing of box office records. There's gonna be crushing of skulls. It's gonna be powder. aces, kid. Gonna be We're gonna crush up that <laughs> that that goofy juice. We're gonna crush on uh Daryl Hannah. There's gonna be all kinds of crushing, kid. You're never gonna believe it. Daryl Daryl Hannah uses her like sexuality in a way I think that's like it's so it's creepy. It's creepy. It's good, but it's that's her like, job. The replicant was that she was supposed to be a sex replicant for yeah. the for the off for the all uh, off worlders. So like she's that's her purpose. <laughs> she's a sex yes. worker. That's a robot. So of course she's going to use her sexuality to get into Sebastian's house. And, and would we have uh, Harley Quinn if it wasn't for um, Daryl Hannah's character? For Pris? Pris, yeah. Yes. Uh, I like the thought. But I, I, I have a feeling that, like they probably like like th- there's a kernel in there, like like not not the whole thing, but you know, just like. But you also know. too, you know, they saw Arlene Sorkin on Days of Our Lives, dress up as a jester, and they're like, "Thank hmm. you, thank you." They're like, "We could work with that somehow, maybe." Thank you. She recently, yeah, thanks for saying that. She really, she recently passed away, and she's one of my I favorite. We had so much soap opera talk when we had Rick. <laughs> like it was a surprising so, amount of soap opera. Yeah. She was one of the most iconic, like soap opera characters. She influenced the Harlequin. Also, she's a great voice actress. I mean, it's sad to see her go, and yeah, and yet evil still walks the earth. So I'm still kind of concerned. Well, at least we got Kissinger. Well, not all evil. Let's just say some still walk. <laughs> Harley Quinn, medicine woman. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Stevie. So, uh, well so done, do well we done. want to do uh, some of those old letterbox one-liners? Sure. Let's do it. Let's let's do it, let's, let's do it too. I, 
a dumb question. Did anyone give this a bad review in mainstream media or no? At the time or now? Yeah, like any of the critics of the time, did any of them say, what's this? Like, because I mean, notoriously, you know, there are very famous sci-fi and fantasy and horror films that came out around this time where people are like, this is trash. This? No. Billions of dollars. I actually don't. I, I know I'm, it wasn't I'm on it right now. It wasn't a huge box office success. I know that it was not successful, okay. and that that's, that's what. That's better answer, yeah. Okay. And that's what led to the oh, we got to recut it. We got to do this. We got to do that. We yeah. got oh, to right. fool people right. into liking it, right? You're right. You're right. Um, but that it it is a good question because I think well the problem is that even like the uh, 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 <clears throat> elder statesmen and stateswomen of the uh, of the show we all kind of came into it the video era right which yeah. is not when it came out like it's a it's years after that I know right it's so, so but anyway all as right, we let's, all know let's see some letterbox reviews I'm curious to what what people are saying sure about so, this lovely movie so as we all know. Letterbox, of course, is a social media site for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the movies they love, maybe the movies they didn't love, maybe the movies that they gave a Voight comp test to after they were weirdly horny for the principles uh, in the movie itself. Uh, everybody gets to have their say, not just Siskel's and Ebert's of the world. It's bottom-up democracy. Everyone gets to chime in. And, of course, this is best expressed succinctly. Succinctly, for the purposes of this bit, where we call... The chaff, and bring you only the best one-liners for the movie we're covering, which in this case is Blade Runner, which is what we're going to do right now. These are Letterboxd one-liners for Blade Runner. Let's go. Harrison Ford really made the '80s his bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Faux faux show. Watched with Noonie as a tag. I don't know who Noonie is, but hmm? I'm probably their grandmother. I'm picturing it's a Muppet. That is that is my head cannon. <laughs> I do like the tag of, of just score with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> like like is it for the music or did it did he score? Would yes. Need? Oh, ooh. wow! In the future, they still have noodles. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> I uh, whenever it rained in San Francisco, which was you know constantly. Uh, every once in a while, or not, not San Francisco, I'm sorry, LA, I would uh, do that like little gif of him eating, uh, ordering the noodles. And I did that in LA once, and someone that I ordered noodles from actually knew the direct quote, and it was such a bonding moment to like, be like, oh, that's so cool. But also, the street food in the night market in this movie, I want it to be real. Because yeah. the street food looks good. Like, I would no, be like, looks, oh, I would totally, absolutely, yeah. You know, I don't want to go to an off world colony when I can have this. So, yeah, that's, I did want to bring that up. It's like a world market, but like better. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, noodles. Anyway. Am I right? Continue. Continue. <laughs> sorry. Don't know about you, but this jury depiction of 2019 honestly looks much cooler than the one we lived through. The lack of Rise of Skywalker really makes a difference. That's the one I didn't watch because the idea of it bummed me out too much. They were like, oh, we, we, they just kind of undid all the Ryan Johnson stuff. And I was like, oh, I like that stuff. It bums me Aww. out. Mm -hmm. It had some very funny moments, and Bobo Frick's a great character. And those are the two nice things I'll say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make everyone around the table do the Void Comp test at Christmas this year. 
Okay, I did that one speed dating. In fact, when I did my, la I did a stand-up special about what? dating. <laughs> yeah, I did a, I, I, uh, I, I do secret stand-up because I'm not a real comedian, but I like to do it sometimes just for fun to work on my comedy writing. And I did a speed, I did speed dating in San Francisco when it really was starting to take hold. That was, I want to say 15 years ago, 10, eh, it was a while ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just remember it was all tech bros and I'm like, okay, it was all dudes. It wasn't, it wasn't bisexual speed dating, it was just normal tech bro speed dating. But I went as a favor to a friend to be her wingman. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And I was just screwing with everyone. The first round, I got everyone's passwords uh, by saying, oh, I miss my first dog. Her name was Pepper. <laughs> what was your birthday? What was your favorite pet? Your mom's maiden name. My mom's maiden name is so weird. It's like Garamoni. What's your mom's maiden name? Like I literally yeah. got everyone's answers for all their password questions. And then the second round of speed dating was just the point comp test verbatim. And only one guy figured out what I was doing at the point comp test. And uh, I bought him a drink afterwards. I was going to say, that's like, you found your that's people at that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's all. Or, or did you? I don't know. Anyway, that's my point comp test in dating. There you go. <laughs> Good there to see go. who's a replicant and who isn't when you're in the dating market. Yeah, especially in San Francisco. I remember. <laughs> oh, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> really made me want a Coca-Cola. Yo, that billboard right is like iconic in uh, in SF. It's it's like it a Coca-Cola billboard. Is. Every that's time true. I drive past it, even now, I'm like, that's the Blade Runner billboard. <laughs> it is. It's... Uh, it's it's crazy to like see the Coca-Cola uh fucking um like the 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 fucking sign or whatever like the same week uh Henry Kissinger dies and think like uh you know at the end of the fucking the world's a dystopia at this point it's like you know decades later when they actually make it right and it's like yeah the one company that really survives at that point really will be Coca-Cola like, <laughs> the US oh, government will not let will not I mean, let I'm drinking it right now I guess I should do a little product placement, right? All I do is drink Coca Cola. <laughs> so here we go. Same. We're hey, an RC Cola shop. Is RC Cola even still a thing? It probably isn't. Yeah, I think it is. All right. Anyway. There, there's like a lot of off brand colas that's still. <laughs> RC. I don't blame you, Deckard. I get it. <laughs> Wait, which part? I don't know. That's a good question. What what part are we getting? There's well, that, that, it's a one liner. We, we're not asking them to write an essay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, it was there was a part with the glory halls, and, and the uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy, come on, Andy. it's got an emoji with sunglasses on, smiling, for the people who listen on podcast. Thank you. There we go. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Good times. Even at the end of humanity, they'll be playing Coca Cola ads, which goes back to what you were saying. They will. <laughs> they will, and I'm glad. I'm glad that of all the things we can survive the human race, it's soda. That yeah, it's going to be like cockroaches and coke. <laughs> Thank God. So, so is the thing that does, uh, you know, it corrodes the inside. It corrodes everything, right? Like, can I, uh, can I, I'll give you a little dystopian uh, situation. The latest Coke, I think the latest Coke uh, billboard in Tokyo is promoting Coke Plus. And Coke Plus is, a, is uh, it has a, I don't want, I know how to explain it, but it has, uh, let's just say it has a probiotic type of thing attached to it now. So you can. Empty your bowels quickly. There you go. I'm not joking. Coke Plus is for... <laughs> is that a euphemism? Is a, uh, I don't know what the word is. What do you call it? Laxative. Laxative. There's a laxative in Coke Plus. Ah. So I'm just that right now. 
But that's the well. There used to be a there used to be a laxative in Coca Cola too. They called it cocaine. They sure did. Let's bring that back. (laughs) Yes, I I I think that I I think think if the world is gonna I think if the world is gonna continue. (laughs) To continue to get worse like this, they should like the one thing that they should give people as like a thing to make them more productive and to like you know give them like a little bit of a pick me up is they should put like a little bit of cocaine back in Coca Cola. Be like, look, yeah. the world's gonna just keep getting worse from here, but we could call it Victorian Coca Cola or Coca Cola Original OG Coke and just put in some opium and laudlum and Coke and that really that really is just our version of the empathy box in the <laughs> Electric Jeep. They're like, they're like, look, we're gonna make you feel, uh, you know. Feel yeah. There you go. I like the way you think. That's good. Someone listening, make that happen. We're an idea factory out here. All right. Next, <laughs> to Deckard's credit, I too would be shit scared if a replicant wearing nothing but boxers started chasing me around. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of like, and and he oh, pops yeah. up like pops up like fucking Jack in The Shining too. He pops his head to the window at one point, and he's like, "Also, you just <laughs> described where I live in North Hollywood, so that's actually happening now. It's just you know." LA now. LA now. I, every time I watch this, I'm like, okay, I live in LA now. It's way past the year Blade Runner is uh, that was, you know, supposed to occur. And I'm like, we, uh, I want rain. I would love rain in a great market, but, you know, having androids running loose, killing people is not really different than what it is now. Also, every, every time it does rain in LA, everyone forgets how to drive. Which is I think it's the apocalypse. It's the funnest thing ever. I wish it would snow here next. Like I just can't wait to see. I love people. those. I love those videos when a little bit of snow happens in like Texas or something, and you see people literally just forget how to drive. It's They're like fun. all hitting each other. Yeah, it's, fun. It's, it is, it's like Northern California, as Kona knows, and I know it's like you know it, it, there's bad weather. It doesn't snow, but it rains all the time, so we're used yeah. to it. But then you come to L.A. and you might as well be like. like it's like Mad Max all of a sudden. Nobody like, knows what to do. Oh my God! There's stuff falling from the sky. It's not, remember in the '80s when everyone was afraid of acid rain? Whatever happened to acid rain? I miss acid rain. Where'd that go? <laughs> we just not have factories anymore. I don't. That was a thing. By the way, can I just say, having nothing to do with acid rain, I agree with you, money. Uh, okay. Rucker Howard, Roy Batty, one of his best roles, right? Has to be. Yes. Like. No good. I just want to make sure we're on the same. Page. Honestly, like, like uh, I, I don't know if I had ever seen a Rugger Howard movie before this one. Uh, you know, before I finally saw Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and I was just so blown away by him. I, I made sure that, like, I watched immediately, like Blind Fury. Uh, He's in that Lady... '80s version of The Hitcher, which is actually like, no. Let me take it back. Terrible. Lady Hawk was the first thing I saw him. Lady in. Hawk Lady was great. Hawk. Lady Hawk was great. <laughs> and you know what, Andy? Um, Anne Rice loved the the author. Anne Rice loved him so much in Blade Runner. That when she sold her uh, rights to Vampire Lestat at this time, uh, she wanted him to play Lestat. But as you know, right. the movie wow. took so long in development hell that by the time it was ready to film, it was Tom Cruise that played Lestat and not Rooker Howard. Ooh. However, however, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they knew that was the case. So they had Rooker Howard play, Howard play the main vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the movie. So is it, is it Rooker? Have I been saying it wrong my entire life? Is I don't know. I don't know. I just okay. want to put that little that little trivia in there because he was supposed to. He has that performance in Blade Runner impressed so many creators and people that so good more stuff. It was just development hell for a lot of these things that didn't end up using him. So and one of the best like like justifiable baddies 
in science fiction too, right? Where it's like, yeah. yeah, he sucks and he's doing all these terrible things, but like, look at like this hand he was dealt. Kind of blows, really? dude. Yeah. I don't know. The more I watch Blade Runner, the more I kind of sympathize. I identify with the replicants. Yeah. <laughs> no, replicants did nothing wrong except for shave their eyebrows. They just exist. They just exist and want to exist longer. That's all they want. That's all yeah. they want. And they I don't see why not. Exactly. They couldn't. I mean, I mean, why not? Anyway. Anyway, next. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Deckard has this ultra-complex enemy of the state S computer that can 1,000 times zoom in, rotate and curve within the space of a two-dimensional oh, yeah. high-def 4K image, but when he goes to print the picture, it just gives him this shitty low-resolution Polaroid. This is so great because this is part of that trope, and there's a great YouTube video. I'm sure there's many TikToks and YouTubes about enhance, enhance, and so many videos, so many movies where they have a very horribly looking, like horribly took a photo or video coverage or whatever. And everyone's like, can you just, can you just straighten that up and look behind it? Can you just zoom in and enhance, please? And it's like, it got to the point where actual people on actual police stations and actual things kept thinking that could happen. Because during the web, you know, during the beginning of the internet with web design, I just remember someone saying, hey, can we make, I, I think it was the, the first use of like, video like webcams and studios are like i know at lucasfilm when we first used a webcam i think it was like uh revenge of the sith or something in the studio it was a, a gen one webcam it was not this futuristic thing and i just remember people going hey can you zoom in on this and enhance it and i'm like no no you cannot because that does not exist yet Doesn't i have happen? i have been in the room with law enforcement officials yeah and somebody an executive asked to have something zoomed in and enhanced and the <laughs> silence was so pregnant like and so fraught and then somebody was like we don't have the ability to do that sir yeah it's, it's fun it's fun how much people think that actually does exist but i do wonder is this the first movie that does that though oh is it bill bill can, can can we hack into the mainframe and uh <laughs> get that information back I feel no like i feel no, like it was no. the first movie you did it but i could be wrong i could be wrong but i think it is I think it is. It's all Blade Runner's fault. There you go. Right. <laughs> Another Blade Runner first. Next. <laughs> <laughs> and thus, Hot Topic was born. Oh, no. Plan 9 from <laughs> outer space. That's how Hot Topic was born. Come on. Plan really? Vampyra. That's Hot Topic. Not well, that. we celebrate Vampyra in this household. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Technically, technically it's... Wouldn't it be Forever 21? Because you're Forever 21 as a replicate? No, they're talking about the style. They're talking about like the the the, the cool accoutrement is what we're talking about. I don't remember seeing these clothes in Hot Topic. Look, take but... it up with D Dakota Joaquin. It's it's not much. So... I'm sorry, Dakota Joaquin. <laughs> you're Thank wrong. You for the raid, Ravana. <laughs> everyone, in, everyone in the everyone in the future is miserable with a great coat. Agreed. <laughs> Oh, I just called out for an NCIS instincts. Thank you, chapter All right, one. those are the Letterbox one-liners for Blade Runner. Please, please, please follow the show. We have an HQ account, Movie Night Extra. Follow us on there. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff. My we, I mostly mean Jay Underworld and I are, I can't point, whatever, fuck it. You know who he is. <laughs> um, and we're doing all the, all the stuff over there to live liven that up. Please also follow Voight Kampf over there, at Always Flocko. 
Uh, do Andrew a dream of electric flockas? I don't know, but he certainly logs movies that he sees on for this show. Uh, I, of course, am Conan Neutron at Conan Neutron. More Neutron than Neutron. Uh, I'm watching all of the uh, the highbrow, the the um, midbrow, the populist fair. I just totally blew that, didn't I? Anyway, whatever. It's my birthday. Give me some slack. Happy birthday, uh, Happy birthday. New Criterion Challenge starts next week for 2020. So if you're interested in following me along for the Criterion Challenge, which I suggest you do, uh, please follow me on there for that. J. Andrew World was for president. Was for president. There we go. I, I can't. I can't point in this. I, the, the only thing better about the other view is it's easier to point. That's the only thing I like about it. <laughs> it's a terrible view. Other than that, you, yeah, you're walking like an Egyptian the rest of the time. You know, it's horrible. Video with nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, Bonnie. Thank you. You get me. Uh, Jandrew World was for president. Watch all the weird stuff so you don't have to, or maybe so you can. Not for me to judge. He's just doing it. Whether you're, you're observing it or not, and uh, you're there to, you can pick up on his vast knowledge of uh, esoteria and uh, yeah, weird stuff like that. He's logging all that stuff on Letterboxd. Christina, uh, my buddy, uh, Cosmopolitics down there. Sean Young's alcoholism. That's it. That's dark. Um, I'm Christina. <laughs> Letterbox. She's logging stuff. She went pro, by the way. So she's got a pro account, and uh, hopefully that entices oh, cool. her to. Yeah. To uh <laughs> hey man, this also, show brings uh, a couple Thank things. you for the raid Raymana, but we're about to head out. <laughs> yeah, we're we're close we're closing it. Oh hey, what's oh awesome. Well thank you, Ravana's people. We we love Ravana. We speak her yes. name. Yes. Uh, uh, is uh, she's on there? So follow her as well. Uh, I'm Christina Bonnie. You you do not have a letterbox account. This is not peer pressure, right? I don't, but I I might get one. I don't even know what it is. I'll I will it. be your first friend gladly because. Okay, I, I'll check. Is I'll it another it. social media site that I need to join? I feel like. I'm but it's good, and it keeps track of movies you want to see, which is how oh, I started okay. with it. And look at me now, a true success story. Actually, you know, you know what helps me? It's like I'll watch some weird ass esoteric movie and forget about yeah. it, and then like see it on a streaming service again, like. Did I ever see that? I don't know. Now I can check Letterboxd and be like, oh yeah, I watched okay. that two years ago and I completely I'll, forgot I'll, everything about I'll, it. I'll join and friend all of you. So. Which, which tells you if you do or do not want to follow J. Andrew World, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, I know that a few of our listeners were throwing their letterbox handles in the chat. Okay. Chapter Black is chapter underscore black. <laughs> Sherry Prime oh, is Dorothy that. Flail. Uh, follow our uh, fans of the show as well. But most importantly, J. Andrew World, Wasp President, takes away with the plugs. Why don't you? All right. If you're watching us on YouTube, please do those YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell. And, of course, the big ask, watch the video to the end. Uh, that actually lets movie fans on YouTube find our content, but also lets you hear that great Conan Neutron song. It's especially great since we got a new one for this month only. So Tomata so, special, yes. Yes. Um, one day we'll have an album of all our extra Conan Neutron theme month uh, intro songs and you can bump it anytime but that's not around yet not, not yet you won't yeah, <laughs> that is a good idea on, i should probably do that <laughs> those of you on twitch you, you there's, there's stuff for you to do too uh throw us a sub if you happen to have an amazon prime account you can subscribe for free doesn't cost you anything but actually helps out the show greatly so so thank you all for for uh, doing all that stuff. Um, By the way, Bonnie, I totally write a thing for the night shift. You want to let Renee know? I guess I could let Renee know as well too. Yeah, let, really Renee, need it. yeah let Renee know. And I mean, any of you who want to see me talk just about horror films uh, with two other awesome people, Jenna Hayes and Renee Rue, and we do the night shift twice a month, and it's on YouTube he was, here. Look us up. He, he was gonna do that. He was gonna do that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Sorry. okay. Sorry. I was just offering to write you a theme song because I never, I remember I never did that after. Oh, okay, so. cool. Make it spooky, spooky. Yeah, make it spooky.
I'm supposed to do one for Christina too, but I forgot about it until like literally right now. Oops, my bad. Ow. <laughs> That's Ow. Fine. It's but, fine. but you have, uh, but, 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 Bonnie, is yeah, there anything else? No, where no. are my plugs? We're no, we're not. We're not even plugs. done with the show plugs. We haven't talked about <laughs> what's happening. But since we're talking about Bonnie's plugs, why don't we bring up like what else she's doing besides uh, the night shift? Because I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. So Bonnie. I, I mean, I sure. Okay. So today, December. I, I don't want to. This is live, right? Today, December fifth, uh, a disturbance in the forest comes out on Amazon and other places for direct nice. video, but. It's a very well, nicely produced documentary of the Star Wars, the infamous Star Wars, Star Wars holiday special. And I'm in it with Seth Green and Weird Al and Donny Osmond and Bob Mackie and Kevin Smith. And, and Bonnie Burton. Bob and Mackie. me and, uh, I know, it's so great. My name in the credits, the end credits falls right under Bob, right before Bob Mackie. So I'm going to have free drinks from drag queens the rest of my life, which Fuck is great. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point of me doing that. No, I'm like, one of two ex uh, Lucasfilm employees that did the documentary, but here's the thing: I love the Star Wars holiday special. I always will. So I still have a fourth generation copy on VHS about twenty feet down. VHS, really fun documentary because it tells a lot of behind the scenes stories, and we interview people from Jefferson Starship and from like, yeah, it's crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, I know, I know. It's Do you crazy. find out uh, if they indeed built the city on rock and roll or not? I, we didn't get that far, okay. but I mean, maybe a sequel. Maybe a sequel. Maybe a sequel. I it's thought that, I said that because I was like, I bet Christine will be like, actually that starship. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, anyway, so check it out. Check it out. Please check it out. It's fun. It's interesting. It's very insightful and kind of funny. And also, I do a book club show with Felicia Day called Felic Felicitations. So we do that once a month. Yeah. And like I said, night shift is twice a month. And then you can find me. I think I have my name on there and my link tree. But I'm kind of everywhere at all times because I never sleep and I, I I love doing stuff. So, yeah, check mm. that out. That's why we're friends. And thanks for having me on your special birthday, Conan. I hope I didn't ruin the show. I feel bad. I forgot. Don't worry. It, it ain't over yet. I we haven't done final thoughts. Yeah, it ain't over until it's over. My <laughs> plugs are going to take at least 10 minutes, too. Just mm. okay. Okay. So. <laughs> but, but before we get to that, I do want to make sure that uh, you can find us on social media. Uh, if, if you like the show, but go over, find us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Blue Sky, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, whichever, whichever of those threads do. All of them, you know. Yeah, threads. Uh, I always Are you, forget the Are you on Hive? <laughs> I'm on Hive. Hey Conan, I'm still on Live Journal. You want to come find me over? Dude, let's bring it back. <laughs> Bonnie, you and I, let's bring it back because that was the best one. I posted there yesterday. So They've let's... all been terrible since then. It's not you, me, and a bunch of Russians. I we're know. Very, very left, so we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, if if you if you happen to be on any of those social media sites besides uh, Live Journal, which you might be bringing back a movie night traffic against a Live Journal, um, Tumblr, Tumblr, why not? Tumblr. <laughs> um, to, you know, f find us on your your social media uh, site of uh, your choosing. Um, yeah. We also have a show Patreon, which helps us fund the show. And you get everyone's fucking broke. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but also you it's get funny to have it's true. <laughs> To, to all of our after parties so you can see all kinds of zaniness that we if you think we are are crazy right now you should see us whenever we're not actually talking about a movie oh i have a delirium nocturnum in the refrigerator that we, we're having an after party uh we're having an after party tonight by the way in a few minutes to yes. celebrate Conan's, stick around uh, twitch birthday. people in my community or whatever 24 of you just stick around we'll go live again we'll do it live am i is it this link am i invited 
Am I dressed yeah. up? Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you were my friend, Bonnie Burton. Of course you were invited. Okay. Is it just yeah, here? Yeah. Or I go somewhere else? I don't. Yeah, Force is going to give you a link. Don't, don't worry about it. You're, you're going to be good. Okay. <laughs> Listen, kid, don't worry about it. It's going to be fantastic this after party. I'm having a Studio 54 and Limelight. PTSD. Studio 54 is going to look like a kindergarten after this. <laughs> cool. Uncle Alligator parties. Yes. <laughs> but but coded birthday boy Neutron. <laughs> yes. yes. Hello. Yes. Hi. Yes. Hello. Birthday boy Stampman. <laughs> um, no, wrong movie. Protonic <laughs> uh, reversal. That's, that's Napoleon. Napoleon's good. That's my pick. If between those two, it's definitely Napoleon. Keep it to one word. Don't don't mm -hmm. be like me. Like pick keep it to one word. Yes. Yeah, uh, this is you know. So so speaking of four words, we have protonic, uh, put neutrons, protonic reversal. Too many words, right? That's too many words. Why are there so many words? There should be less words. Yes, that's the name of my show. Thank you. That's a, that's <laughs> protonicreversal.com. Uh, right behind me. What about it, Andy? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great in depth music show, and you just had uh, oh I didn't write Stephen it. Hodges. Stephen uh, Hodges, yes. Who plays drums in MSSV, but has also played drums that's for Bob. Legendary. He's a legend. Bob Dylan, Mavis Staples, uh, uh, David Lynch, hello, Tom Waits. Like, are you kidding me? What a cool guy! Uh, and, and and some of Tom Waits' best music too, like like uh, Swordfish Trombones, Rain yeah. Dogs, uh, Mule Variations. Yeah, that was a great episode. Um, really, really awesome, dude. That's the latest episode that just went uh, to the general feed yesterday. I think. And um, he plays in the excellent MSSV with Mike Watt and Mike Baguetta. That's great as well. I've had all three of those guys on and uh, they're great. They're great in themselves. And that's a good episode of the show, which is celebrating 10 years in April. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, support the Patreon for Protonic Reversal. Just for a love dollar a month. Support that Patreon, please. Yeah. A dollar month. You can get the episodes <laughs> early is the, is the big thing. Yes. 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 And I got, I got a, um, Matt Kronk from uh, Quee and Cunts and Fake Legs and uh, Steve Albini's coming up again. And uh, let's see who else. Uh, th I'm there's... Sorry, what? Are you, you're interviewing Albini? Yeah, for the fourth, fifth time. What? How did I? I'm so sorry. I need to catch up. That's amazing. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm old. It's, a, it's, 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 it's almost comically more popular than this show which is why which is why it's funny that like hopefully that will that will change i'll check it out, I'll check it out. i'm sorry but like i i wish that there was more crossover um i just need to catch up on all my friends amazing projects i'm that's sorry fine. That's, I know that already. it's what i do I, i'm just amazing it's what i do you are. <laughs> i'm sorry continue i'm sorry to mean there and speaking of a lot of words too uh Coda neutron and secret friends is the band you can more words why are there so many words there should be fewer words but you have no neutronfriends.bandcamp.com where no you get words them. there should be fewer words i more and more people are saying words and i'm dying <laughs> yeah neutronfriends.bandcamp.com for Coda neutron the secret friends music uh yeah adult prom is the, the last record or both long we were actually just on mike watt show that by the way we were we recorded that uh, it's it's not like a quid pro quo situation. That's what I'm trying to say. Like that just happened to work out that way. We worked that out like months ago. But that was a great. We were on Mike Watt show talking about the split. Uh, and by we I mean me and then Daisy and Kate from Lung. And it was it was a great appearance. It, it shows great. It moves. If you think this show moves fast, Jesus, see Mike Watt show. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if if you want to see more Conan, uh, you're taking over. This is Revolution. 
uh, for an episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, next Thursday, I'm I'm uh, I'm not. I'm this guest is for reversal. <laughs> this is for this is for talk reversal. Yeah, uh, I am I am guest hosting uh, and like producing and like it's Neutron Land. Uh, this is Revolution uh, next week. So I know a lot of there there are people that watch this show that and listen to this show that come from that world. So uh, I'm not going to reveal what it is just yet. But it should be good, and that may not be the only time that that happens. Is all I'm going to say. But like, I'm very excited and honored. Uh, I was a part of that show before it was even called "This Is Revolution," and uh, Jason is he's not only an X-Man mate of mine. I mean, he's played in Secret Friends. There's no X-Man mates usually, and uh, is just is an incredible <laughs> is incredible talent. But that's a great show. So yeah, next Thursday it's going to be a Protonic reversal. An hour earlier, and then this is Revolution with me hosting, and it's going to be a bomber episode. So, thanks for remembering. Cause I actually forgot all about that. I wrote it down <laughs> so I wouldn't forget. Look at you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty clever that way. And of course, Christina's over there on Twitch right now, I believe. Right? Yes. Yes. No, not just on this channal, but but on your own. <laughs> Thank you, Streamyard. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> finally, Streamyard is like you know. And uh, you know, yeah. If if you're a, um, a, do you have anything? I know you're doing the uh, the Barbieheimer interview, right? Yes, I'm gonna do that after. I might I might not have to stick around because I really want to get some sleep, but uh, I'll hang out for the after party just a little bit. You're doing the Barbieheimer interview, right? That's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's Barbenheimer. Come on, dude. We covered both those movies. Uh, like I, I can hear. It's the, it's the old Heimer Barben. <laughs> If you're going to ask Steve how he really feels about Stevie. I'm probably not going to do that, Stevie. Like, I, I don't actually care, first of all, but I get it. Love all beanies, work in Surfer Rosa. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so you're going to react to that, I guess? Yes, that's the only thing I'm doing. I'm going to bed because I need sleep. I've been up for 36 hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you okay? I'm off my bed. talking? I, I, I mean, I want to know more, but also go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, my 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 grandmother fractured her hip, and my mom's been stressed, and we've been working. It's the holidays. I have not time to do anything, and I got oh, a party no. to plan next week. I'm sorry, so. but, but if you want to help out Christina, she has a Patreon over at uh, uh, Patreon. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Cosmopolitics. Yeah, it's a yes. good place for a Patreon to be. Is on Patreon. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think it's on YouTube, but then my YouTube's on my OnlyFans, and my OnlyFans is on my live journal. So it's fine. all on my Friendster, actually. It's, it's in the <laughs> comment section of my live journal. It's all connected by threads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I thought that was a goof ass name, but actually, now that does make sense. Okay. Makes sense now. <laughs> it's all connected, people. Yeah, Everything, everything's connected by the threads. threads. The threads. We're all. We're all. We're all connected. I've been on threads for years, but it's just been those little red strings. The the the, the lack of sleep is starting to really affect me right now. <laughs> threads, that's what I'm hanging on to with this show. Get on with it already. <laughs> I, I, was, I was on threads when it was just called string. It's <laughs> good. It's good. But yeah, uh, we just wrapped up a season over on uh, Be- Give Them an Argument with Ben Burgess. So, uh, But stay tuned. There is something uh, in the works that's really cool that that uh, I produced for that that that's uh, going to be debuted uh, while while we're uh, taking our break, and I have no details beyond that. So you get a uh, break? Wow! Yeah. <laughs> so, what is that? What does that feel like? <laughs> well, wait until you see what I did. Uh, oh, uh, we can't right? wait. It's, it's going to be great. Uh, but but I can't. I'm not saying anything about it other than just one of my favorite artists. All right, um, big things big, coming. Big Ooh. things coming. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Big things. I 
Uh, well oh. done on Christina spotting the starship thing with so much lack of sleep. And almost immediately, by the way. And I knew come she on. would. And that's I, why I, I said it. I know the difference. I know Jefferson Starship. I know Starship. Like, come on. You know Airplane? Jefferson Airplane? Yeah, like seriously. You got Starship, Jefferson Starship, Jefferson Plane. Airplane, Airplane, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> all of them. We got them all. What do you want, kid? Mm-hmm. But that's why Christina and I work very well together. Which, by the way, stay tuned for our Oscar special. Uh, it's 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 we're gonna have a whole month of, of Oscar movies and <laughs> if you thought the special was good last year, which it was, it's gonna be even better this year. You're mm-hmm. welcome to be on that if you want, Bonnie. No yeah, I'm sorry, what is this? What what are you talking about? Never mind, don't worry about it. <laughs> is this special? Is this an Oscar special? Is this yeah, Oscar Oscars? special? I don't it's yeah, our show is that. better than the actual Oscar special. You know what's weird? I don't have any live TV anymore. I just have uh, streaming, so I don't even know how to watch you it. You better tune into Moving the Extravaganza then because we're gonna have the there's funny people that they thought the that's what they were tuning into. Sings, I'm just Ken, that's gonna be so glorious. I mean I'm, nothing's been announced yet, so oh, yeah. oh. Well, we got we got uh twenty first, I believe. Is it the twenty first, Christina? That that yes. they're gonna, they're going to announce the nominees. I January, we're, we're going to do a uh, bonus stream. Well, if the documentary yeah. I'm in is up for Oscar, I promise to just wear a GoPro and take you with me. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would be invited, but I'll go. <laughs> it's never, it's never stopped you before. <laughs> All right, Andy. What's I next? think that's that's it for the plugs. I, I've been waiting for Forrest to to take it away with the. Uh, with <laughs> the final right. thoughts unless, yeah. unless anybody else has anything <laughs> Jefferson Killdozer that's such a narrow casting comment but I love you Stevie that's so good since it's his birthday Conan let's hear your final what? thought okay well hey look this is one of the best sci-fi films around sci-fi okay come on <laughs> one of the best sci-fi Blade films Runner around. Jerry all right. Can we do a second take on that? Uh, one of the best sci-fi films around monumental vibe, style and storytelling, decor, lighting, and world building are shamelessly emulated to this day. And this film essentially started a new style of high-tech noir. It's overwhelming and immersive. And the discovery of the sentence of the replicants is one of the truest dystopian visions of all time. Also, global domination of corporations, technology advancements in the name of capital, and a shocking divide between the haves and the have-nots. Uh, if any of that sounds familiar, there's a good reason why. To say nothing of the ethics of artificial intelligence, there is no cyberpunk without Blade Runner. And either way, this is a paragon of science fiction. I mean, what is a CAPTCHA, if not a dime store, Voight Comp test, right? <laughs> Phil hey, Steen's- I was talking about Blade Runner, and I... Twitter popped up with one of those uh, tests to see if you're human things while I was <laughs> while I was tweeting promo for them. I hate this so much. Oh my god! Fantastic. Uh, Phil scenes, clods and fools call the story and screenplay weak, while the vibe belong to things like Drive, Drive My Car, and all the driving movies. Foolish. This is the rare time where the movie is better than the book, which also rules. All the numerous changes are for the better, and with the final cut, we really have the all-timer film that we deserve. Do androids dream of electric sheep's biggest problem is there's too much plot. So the whole concept of immersivism alone, is it could be its own movie. Maybe it should be. This is lean, mean, sparks the imagination, gives us much to think about, uh, such as the potential tyranny of man's creation over the creators. And we are all over here hoping for a Rachel, while somehow knowing we deserve a righteously indignant Roy Batty. 
All right. I like that. I like that that sounded almost written. You know what I mean? Like, it sounded like you had it in front of you. Like, you, you ended it nicely. Bonnie, final thoughts? Uh, yeah. The next time you go on a date, try to do the Voight comp test. <laughs> if you're actually dating a human or not. But as someone like myself who actually married R2-D2, I say robots are better than humans. So... <laughs> that's my final thought i would date a replicant and stay dated to a replicant over a human any day well i mean you, at least at least the version of like till death to us part is like four years like you're gonna be dead in four I years i'm just waiting for i'm a robosexual and i'm waiting for uh, <laughs> android, uh i'm waiting for any kind of replicant tinder it's we better than being an amosexual are, are you telling say. me like, that you're in the film uh r2d2 beyond the dome no that predates our relationship Okay. We, have, we, have an open, we have an open source marriage, an open source marriage. So we okay. can see R2D2 Beyond the Dome sounds like he's finally getting married. And you know. no, he hooks up quite a bit in that, though. You should, yes, he does. Out. R2 fucks in that movie. Yeah, he's uh, he's a bit of a player. This so. is classic after party material. <laughs> <Yes>. by <the laughs> way. Save this for the patrons, Christina. You got some final thoughts? Yes. Um, whatever happened to Sean Young? The end. Oh, she's in some really great horror films that came out last year. Good for her. <laughs> Hopefully she overcame her alcoholism. No, I didn't say that, but... <laughs> I'm just saying. She's Uh-oh. had it rough. She has. She has. Great actress, great actress. And other stuff, go check her out. Thanks Maybe for enduring not, to hang out in the stream. <laughs> Christina, it's appreciated. I appreciate you. No one else does. I, I don't know about them. Christina. Thank you, Christina. I appreciate it. Hey, I was in I was in Christina's uh, Twitch chat at three a.m. Yeah, I was just oh. twitching. Overnight I was streaming. just twitching at three a.m. <laughs> 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 nice, Andrew. Andy, you're you've somehow ended up being the, the last final thoughts <laughs> end. Uh, well, please, if you say glory holes, I'm gonna fucking turn this stream around. I have not got to be bringing up glory holes. Okay. But uh, well, you know what? What can be said about uh, Blade Runner? Because like, it really is just. An all-time classic. It, it uh, you know, uh, Batman the animated series truly like like uh, I you know I, I think I, I mentioned this briefly, but like there is a lot of the mise en scene of uh, Batman the animated series that really borrowed from that. And if if you're a fan, like like there's actually episodes where they have the uh, the the toys that um, uh, Sebastian created in mm. it. Um, like like there is, uh, and they even brought in Sanderson. You know what was it? Is that right? Did I get his name right? The the actor. Um, uh the the actor who played sebastian he he's actually in the the tv show on uh playing a very similar type character uh and uh you know that i I remember watching that episode of batman and blade runner um you know right around the same time and uh so so like that's kind of uh that was one of those movies which was a sea change for me and i think i think for a lot of movie of us of people of a certain age apparently not younger people i i don't know what's wrong with them uh, but but uh, this movie is in need of a renaissance, and um, I think in general, I think partly uh, you know par- partly I think the reason why people are uh, not uh, vibing with it is because there's too many obnoxious fans, like like the toxic uh, you know like uh, Scorsese bro type people who who love this movie and uh, ignore them. Just just watch the movie because it's a fucking good movie. It really is, almost objectively so. Well yes. done, Andy. That was good. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. Oh, so Friday we'll be back streaming. We're doing uh two two 
with the Tuesday and Friday things again. We're doing After Yang on Friday. Two in a row, yeah. After Yang with uh, Zach Marsh. Yeah. Which should be great. That was a great movie. And then uh, X, X Machina I, uh, with, um, uh, with Renee Ruin from The Night Shift that Bonnie yay, is on. Renee, yay. Yes, we speak her name as well. We, uh, we, we, we've been and having like a, every, every two That's weeks right, yeah. pretty much. Every two weeks, Renee comes on. So she like does night shift, and then she does our show. And it's like, yep. that's her podcasting quota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does a lot. She does, she's a hardworking podcaster. That's I feel sure. like if there ever was a show, it was just Renee, Bonnie, and Conan. Like, the plug section would be three hours long. It probably would. <laughs> Why don't we just call this show Plug? <laughs> Actually, wait, didn't we do that? Did we we did that at least once, didn't we? Anyway, whatever. Nobody know. cared. Let's plug. save for the after party. Come, we're doing yeah, the after well, that party. Was, that was the first episode when we did Alien a year ago. Uh, that's right. Go. That's right. Was well, that a five-hour yeah. podcast? <laughs> Barely, and, uh, I mean, and- I have to tell you, this is very short because Night Shift is always three hours minimum an episode. So, I mean, well, we yeah, our one sh- actual five hour podcast was with Renee. With, with Renee, yeah. 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 With every, oh. I feel like we're still doing it. I felt like, dude, I, I, I like feel like I entered an altered state of consciousness by like the, by the fourth hour. Like, what is happening? Because, because I naturally, at about an hour and a half, because of my show, I always like instinctively try to wrap it up, even if I'm like, like, oh, yeah, that's not what I'm doing here. Like, I just, I yeah. want to do that. But yeah, that was a well, that will you. never happen again unless it's for money. Well, I mean, it's thank you, Sunday, uh, yeah. for popping into our comments in the night shift because you always have good yes. questions in our show. So I appreciate the cross pollination that happens. We love the night shift. Obviously, Jenna's obviously welcome to come on the show if ever she but wants yeah, to do Jenna that as well. If Go we want to do an actual like crossover, we never did like a real cross. We did. Happy? We should yeah, do it. Let's do that. Yes. Why not? We have the know how. We have, the, we have technology. Stuff. Have you done the movie, the original Cherry 2000 yet? The who? The who? The what? Cherry 2000, the original movie uh-huh. from the 80s. About I know it, I guess. Maybe we should have Jenna on that one. By sure. we, I mean you guys, and then I just sort of show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Huge fan for work. Well, we'll need a referee to keep people on a, task, but yeah. She's a OnlyFans icon. She's a, a retiring retired porn star she she does um oh yeah like i'm very familiar okay you know she she, she is right you were just asking who is she i actually didn't but i think she's 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 great on the show i only know i gotta invite some of my friends who work in the industry too we talk about movies like boogie nights and x for instance Mm -hmm. that'd be good yeah we talked about x on night shift and um yeah i mean yeah why not Anyway, All right, we have we have uh, we have we have quite let's a few it. people waiting on the after party. So All right, then let's um, fuck, let's let's let's, uh, let's 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 rein this in. All right, we're going to jump over the If after only party. we had a host. On the <laughs> <laughs>